No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. This episode of No Simple Road is brought to you by the one, the only, the magnificent, the best place ever. Shop Tour Bus. That's pretty cool when That's we right. do that like that. Go to shoptourbus.com online, or if you're on your phone, go to at shoptourbus on Instagram and check out the digital lots. Most amazing. Grateful Dead inspired designs with t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, all kinds of stuff, man. New design up is... What is it, Apple? Yeah, they got the Cassidy one, and then the one right before that was the Help on the Way. They're both super dope. Yep. And that will come to you in a hand-designed, one-of-a-kind box with a Grateful Dead lyric on the inside, all kinds of extras in there, and you will get free shipping if you put in the promo code No Simple Road, and they are going to hook you up, and you're going to be happy, and when you go to that next show, you're going to be looking fly when you walk into that lot. So hook it up, y'all. Hey, this episode is also brought to you by Define Premium Cannabis. It is premium. It is premium. It is cannabis. And if you're looking for premium cannabis, you, <laughs> cannabis, come look. Come on, <laughs> come Apple, check this it out. out. We have a dispensary in Hillsboro and one in Forest Grove. We are there to take care of you to get you what you need for yeah, your mind, it's not your body, just a tent your soul. On the side of the road, it's an actual. Yeah, they're nice dispensaries with air conditioning. That's important. This that time is, of important. is important. So come on in, be cool. We'll take your time. We'll explain everything to you. There's constantly new products, all kinds of things coming out, and that is our goal: take our time, make you feel comfortable, give you a great deal. Speaking of great deals, if you do come in, mention that you are a listener of No Simple Road. No Simple Road. No Simple Road. You will get 10% off and a free t-shirt. And when you wear that t-shirt <laughs> back in, you will get an extra 5% for wearing that Aww. wearable coupon. So make sure to come visit us in oh, and Hillsboro if, if or If you go Forest to the Hillsboro Grove. location Monday through Friday and you ask for Apple, he oh, will yeah. come out of the back dressed like a deadhead. That would, that, this, yeah. this is true. I, I, even, I don't even have to stretch that one. And, he so, and he'll be like, bucks. hey, what's yeah. up? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. So come <laughs> check us out. Make sure to tell us you're a listener. Get that 10% off and a free t-shirt. All right. Take care of yourself. Have you ever listened to Disco Biscuits? Out of a disco ball? That you got at Electric Fish Lights? Shit. Totally can. You, you, you can. <laughs> yeah, and, and you, you can. And you, you know what? If you, you ordered it, you probably should. So go to electricfishlights.com. <laughs> 
and check out the amazing IQ lights that are up there. This is a technology that takes 30 interlocking pieces that can be configured into 15 different shapes. And when you put those shapes together, it's basically endless of what they can build for you. So you basically just tell them, hey, I want a disco biscuit lamp with the disco biscuits logo or, or I a Pokemon want, character which is up there more recently or a starfish or you can even send your kids to the kids camp that they're having and if your you're kids, in Rehoboth Beach and you're yeah if you're in Rehoboth Beach you can send your kids there they will teach them how to create these interlocking shapes with that IQ technology and they'll bring home their own kit to make their own light. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And all the lights come with a 12-year energy efficient safe to leave on bulb, a 12-foot cord to hang or 12-foot cord to hang the light. What the fuck's the matter with me? It's not you don't hang the light with the cord. You plug the cord in to enlighten the light, but they also give you a hardware kit to hang the light. So, check that out. And go over there and make sure that you tell them that you're part of the No Simple Road family. By putting in the promo code NSR, when you check out, you're going to get 10% off. And any NSR family member that gets the color-changing upgrade bulb Ooh. is going to get a one-of-a-kind, limited-edition, no-simple-road collaborative poster. So Highly recommend the color-changing bulb. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's pretty amazing. Go to electricfishlights.com. Or if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, go to at electricfishlights on Instagram. Give them a follow. Check out what they do. It's enlightening. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Mel Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available, and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Simple Road. No Simple Road.
Catch me outside. How about that? How about that? Oh, who's hey. that? Who's hey that? Guys. What? what? Who's hey, now, No Simple Road family. Guess what? We have a special guest in the studio today. Welcome back. Is it a, are you a guest? I'm though? a special guest. Ew, <laughs> you're not even a guest. Yeah, I live in the you room. You pay rent. I live in the you're room. I'm literally on the other side of that wall right well, now. Well, now let's say that guest. you're an occasional co host. Okay, if you oh, are a longtime listener of No Simple Road, you have missed Ryder. If you are a new listener of No Simple Road, I'm going to break it down for you. Ryder used to be on the show with us and started, was the, what you're a founding member. I, I am say, a founding no member. Simple Road. But he, OG. Are, well, I'll let him de- describe what everything, but yeah, he hasn't been on for a little while. He still lives in the house with us. And he, we sat down to record the intro for our guest this week, who happens to be the one and only amazing Mark Brownstein yeah, from Disco um, Biscuits. Disco Biscuits. Check that out. What saying. you guys are in for a treat? No just, just this Mark is like Brownstein. an intergalactic conversation. And, and he, if he you listen on YouTube, called in from his space station mm-hmm. for this one. <laughs> he <That's> did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, writers here, and you know, again, right. if you're new to No Simple Road, look, we tell you who the guest is. And then we talk for like an hour and a half. And then we go to the interview. So sometimes it's 40 minutes. Sometimes yeah, it's whatever. an hour. We, we talk in the beginning. We talk. It's we'll Aaron talk And we talk about yeah. our life. We talk about our week. We talk about whatever. And then we give the shout well, out. We, and we some get love. into like all the headlines and politics, all oh, the hard yeah. hitting mm-hmm. stuff, you know, about. Well, that's like, why I'm here. I'm here to talk about <laughs> all the controversial <laughs> things. Yeah. No. So what's up, Ryder? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Welcome back, Ryder. Yes. I will say welcome home. Well, it's good to be home, mm-hmm. even though, again, <laughs> you're home twice. I am on the other side of the wall that <laughs> my room is in. Here's all that we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've been it's missing it. Well you oh. know, it, here's the thing. You know, when we very first started No Simple Road, it was like, we didn't know. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like, well, first I, of all, it was just Aaron. Yeah. So yeah. It, and then it was me and Apple. And then it was me, Apple, and Mel. And then it was me, Apple, Mel, and Ryder and Darwin. And... You know, we're old, dusty heads. Me and I'm, Apple. Uh, me and I was going to say. Me and Apple are old, dusty heads. Mel's like, I'm not old, Mel's dusty. Not, I'm not neither old, 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 dusty or old. I was Mel's talking fresh about Apple. And I'm not really not a head. That's, you're, you're a I'm music not, fan. But you yeah, have a fresh you head. Yes, thank yes. you. Fresh head. <laughs> but, uh... Ryder, you want to yeah, take no, him on um, a journey? Yeah, when I guess if we're just going to do a rundown of the whole thing. Like, we started and I was... How long ago has this been going on? Five years? Four years. Four, Four years. years. Yeah. How old am I? 22? Just still trying to figure out how a to do... A little tiny baby. I know, baby. a little tiny baby. <laughs> we just moved 21, up here? Yeah, like a 21, year 22. Here? I was just trying to figure out like who I was and how to do that and what doing that was. And part of that was uh, hanging out with you guys every weekend and enjoying just chilling and hanging out, doing podcast stuff. And it got more and more serious and turned into more I mean deadhead the dead scene's never been my thing but I also realized that like music the music scene isn't something that I'm super like dedicated to or interested in even in the stuff that I listen to on a daily basis so it just felt more and more like forced interest on my end as the 
the weeks and months went on and I realized that I wasn't enjoying it and I wasn't like bringing myself to the table. So I stepped away for a while. Yeah, it was, it, it was weird. Cause it was like, you were here with us and you were participating. And then for a few, like a couple of months, you just kind of like were here. I was just in, watching an interview. I didn't care about. Yeah. And then, <laughs> which sucks. It did it's suck. like watching a TV show that you don't want to watch, but you got to do mm, it. You're it's just like, like looking at feeling you. Like, what, and I, I felt it? bad about it because like, it's my family and it's, it was my, like you said, I was one of it's the founding, yeah, yeah. I was founding members. Well, it's it, my show. And it, we I were felt horribly bad. mean to you behind the scenes. That's yeah. True. Well, I that's picked still, on you. That's <laughs> still true. I still live in the house. Yeah. Cause writers so sweet. We just, you know, got to take them down a notch sometimes. But I just remember that like there was one night, I remember where we were standing, even you and I were in the dining room and I was like, look, dude, if you don't want to do the show, it's totally okay. Like I am not mad at you. And this like look of relief. Yeah. And you kind of started shaking a little bit and like got teary eyed. And mm-hmm. you were like, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. Cause, cause it was kind of like going unsaid. And I think that you thought that we were all hot with you because you weren't showing up. Well, it wasn't even that. It was just like, how do I say I don't want to do it anymore? <laughs> confrontation. Like, I don't want to do it, man. Yeah, confrontation. Even yeah, if it's not like a big confrontation, it's still kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, but even like like I said, it was a thing that I started. It was had become like a huge part of our daily lives. Yeah. Like it's the building our life around it as a whole. So like honestly, stepping away from it, it even hard. up until a few weeks ago felt like stepping away from the family as oh, a whole. Wow, man. And yeah. it, and it, it sucked even again up until like it got less and less over time, but up until we've talked about the, no, and then up until a couple of weeks ago, well, we know we've talked about <laughs> went to, until the, the class with Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Until a class with Jeff. Um, and that it shook a few things up. And until then it, it really, that I finally realized that like I'm, it, he, not being a constant part of it uh, is just part of me being me and me not being a constant part of it doesn't mean I have to not be part of it at, at all. all. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we want is to have you back. And so we you mentioned that it's like, I mean, this has become a thing we do a lot. Yeah. It's, and that's what we're talking about a lot of the time. 50% of the time. It's like, that's what we're talking about. And then you're true. like mm-hmm. left out. And, but it's great to have you back. Cause mm-hmm. one of my favorite memories of when we were doing this holiday, I'd, I'll never forget. I forget what show we were at when we were selling the pin, the original, no simple road pins oh, with, yeah, our, yeah. with the skulls. Wicked and, awesome dude. And, and, and you're, you're walking around, You're like, you want to buy a pin with my face on it? Oh, yeah. I think we were skulling roses. I can't remember where we were uh, at. But no, we were at Dead & Company. That was, it was it Dead yep. okay. No, it wasn't. Was it the Gorge or was it at when we had Eugene. a booth at Eugene? I just oh, we had a booth oh, at Eugene. Oh, it was. Yeah. When, when they Guys, play. I want to buy a shirt with my name on it, with my face on it. And you were getting people's attention and they're like, what? That's you? And he sold some. I didn't sell one shirt by so much yelling fun at people about my face on it. I sold them no. later, but no one wanted my face that on That is not shirt. a face that, for selling. That brings up something because Simon has said something to me about that exact same thing that Ryder's talking about, about um, not feeling like he's part of the family because he's not into what we're into. And so because think about if it's 50% of what we're talking about, 50% of the time he's not included. And it made me feel really bad. I just didn't know how to bridge that gap and still kind of don't because well, he's, he's, he's fixed. He's fixed that on his own. He has. And that's what that 
that's what I realized recently. Like that's what that bridge takes. Cause if that's something that your guys, you guys are into just because I'm not into it doesn't mean that that's excluding me. Exactly. Yeah. Well, think about if like we had a tire shop and you don't like cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, tires are boring. Well, there's there some people who are in excited by tires. Yeah. Know, okay. In comparison, whatever, but still, uh, sorry guys. I had a little pause. It was a bird that just flew. Mel is the epitome of like squirrel. I am. I am. But no, I, I guess I'm just glad that you're back. And last week we did an interview with, um, Quabi from the peace bus, yeah, which you all will be hearing pretty soon. Um, and I just missed Ryder in that interview so much. I was like, he, he needs to be there. Like, stop that this way, this way. Yeah, yeah. His personality with his, your personality with his would. Be well, he was so inspiring. So and positive. I was like, I know that one writer would hear something from him. It would spark something. And then two, I was like, this is Uprider's Alley. Like, it's not music centric. It's not anything that we've ever done. Like, yeah, there's been a few, few things that we've done recently that I've thought, damn, Ryder would have really enjoyed that. And it was on my mind too. Um, I mean, we had that conversation and that kind of like let the air out of the balloon in the room, yeah, so to speak. But like, you know, the, it still sucked. Like, it was like, damn, but I get it. Yeah. It, and like, it's not everybody's thing, man. Like, and like I was telling you guys before, like, when we first moved up here, I had no idea how to be my own person. I My whole life, I'd always been like a people pleaser. I was only the person I thought the person immediately next to me wanted me to be. Mm. And I had never been anything else other than that. And taking a step away from literally everything, including the podcast, but also in a pretty real way, like from the... Yeah, us. From the family was genuinely good for me. Like, I figured out how, what I wanted, what it meant, what kind of person I wanted to be and what that meant. Well, it, that's the whole thing with, like, and this is a dumb cliche, but, like, when the bird leaves the nest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yes. the, if, if you're just with your family forever, you're going to be informed by who they are completely. You're never going to have your own space in your head completely you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and even though we all live together that you stepping back afforded you the opportunity and the headspace to figure out what you wanted to do with yourself and who you wanted to be apart from us and yeah that's a great thing man that's beautiful yeah and that's exactly the way it should have gone down and i you know that's all i ever wanted um with, with you coming out here is like literally not necessarily a roommate situation strictly because definitely you want to be there to support you. But like the fact that you have a, a family to come home to, but you're doing your literal own thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. And I know Apple missed you on the show. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. We mentioned it over to hanging on the patio, drink, drinking mm-hmm. and this and that and stuff. But yeah. And it's changed. Like we were just saying to you, it's, it's changed a lot more. We're doing so many different things now. And you're part of those different things. Yeah. <laughs> you would enjoy yeah. a lot of things we're doing. You've said, you said that it's like, wait, who'd you talk to? You Tell me more about this it? person. And you're like, whoa, okay, we're we're branching out, it's covering a, all it's kinds a of things. To to like to think back to like the first uh, first hundred episodes, 
<clears throat> like what we were doing and where we were at. And in contrast to now, <clears throat> it's a light years difference. I just, it feels like, you know, those first hundred, we're trying to establish ourselves. Like, who are we? What yeah, do we stand out. for? What, what are we doing? Like, what's our bag? And after that hundred, we're established. Like, we're not having to reintroduce ourselves every time. We oh, are. Oh, by the way, I'm Aaron. I'm uh, Mel. And I'm Apple. You already heard the whole spiel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we don't have to reestablish ourselves. Now we can like go, the house is built. Now we can furnish it. Yeah. You know? And we, and we found our voices. We did. That took time. Our voices changed many times. Yeah, like anytime you do something, the first few, maybe even 50 or 60 times, you're not going to be amazing. No, that's what the well, whole 10,000 hours thing. That's what's yeah. been so fun about a podcast, too. It's, it's kind of like, I look at it, it's kind of like the cannabis industry. They're new. Yeah. They're new industries. Oh, They're, okay. There was like, like, we didn't, Aaron, I mean, Aaron listened to more podcasts than anybody here, obviously, but there was no, there's no like podcasting for dummies. There probably is now. There probably is now. There probably is now. But you know what I mean? At the time, there was no real standards or anything like that. And stuff. we just kind of learned on our own with that one day you started it with a microphone out on the patio by yourself and then all came into it and learned over time who we are. Yeah. (laughs) The show has um, totally been um, a way that we could like get through stuff as a family too. Like talking about our psychedelic experiences, about um, moving here, like the years that we've been here, meeting new people and meeting and bringing family, new family into our house. So like the 2017 up until 2021, this has been like getting to know all of us. Yeah. And you know, it was a, it is a rebirth for everybody here too. moving up here was a oh, rebirth. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and then, and then another birth after the oh, rebirth and then another, oh, yeah. and then another, yeah. Yeah. A lot and then of we've had several for sure. Yeah, man. And you know, it, I was thinking about it this morning, like having Brownie on the show, I can think back to like when I'll use O'Teal as an example. So like we had O'Teal on the show twice, but the first time we had him, like I was so nervous and, you guys have all heard the story, like just shitting my pants and blown away that we were talking to O'Teal and like the whole thing. And then, and now it's like, well, let me back up. So that all got in, in the way of the conversation for me. Like I had to get past myself in order to have a conversation with somebody like that. You, you get what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, to be it, and it was really hard. Like I'm talking about like in the moment as the yeah. conversation is happening, like continually having to remind myself to get out of my way. You know what I mean? And I think the difference now is there's not that that's not there. You're not in your own way. No, anymore. I could, I can sit down we can just talk to Brownie. It's not like I'm not fucking freaking out. going to throw up. You know what I mean? I'm grateful that that was always my thought. Like I've had that maybe a few times where I was like nervous or something, but with who, um, well with Dave schools, um, with his golden messenger. Oh yeah. With, um, that was early too. 
I can't the greyhounds. Really? Yeah. Um, just a, a few. Like okay. those are the the few that come off the top of my head. And it maybe it wasn't for the same reason. Like it wasn't being starstruck or anything like that. It was, um, maybe with Dave Schools, it was like the importance that you put on it, you know. And so like feeling like, oh my god, I like this is really important. Well, He's, schools is a well, teacher. Ex- well, like yeah, a- Dave Schools is. I mean. Everybody knows about Dave. He's, a guru. he's yeah, Literally. he's he's incredible. Um, but like having, I, I didn't have that nervousness. What I had was more of like I'm like sitting on the sidelines, like okay, that's cool. I'll throw my I'll two cents in when I can. Yeah, yeah. and so my, what I had to learn is not to get out of my way, but I had to learn to be my full self instead of only showing up a, a little portion. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like I had to like literally learn to become myself in front of everybody instead of just kind of hiding and being like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know that? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, like just kind of yeah, man. throw in every two cents <laughs> in and it, it's been a challenge. <laughs> it, it, like, yeah, it's hard to like know your true self with a, a camera or a mic in front of you. It's a challenge. Well, the whole thing with a camera or a mic usually is you not being yourself do you get what i mean like you're playing a role that's usually the thing like smile you know ham it up ham it up yeah and and do this this is a completely different thing this is like and i i I feel like doing no simple road has helped me find my voice in so many ways so many different ways like that whole thing of getting out of my own way in a conversation. I didn't realize that that was something that I did regularly that, that I had like, I had social anxiety had that that was like a thing. And it, it happened through the show, like this unfolding of like, Oh shit, that's a thing that you are dealing with and you need to ad- address it. And that makes it hard to listen. I remember you talking about this with Dude. the, because you were always preparing, like you say, with a lot of things and like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm already thinking about the next thing. And that makes it hard to do what we being do now, being present. very right. comfortable and having comfortable, awesome conversations. Remember you having and we lists. all had to learn that. The, the, we're not the best listeners sometimes, and we've all gotten much better at life and on the air listening. And we're having lists of questions that you never touched, except for maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. Just, just I would be like so scared questions. that I was going to run. There was going to be like silence. Yeah. It wasn't fun at first. There was a lot of times where it wasn't fun because it, of that. Like it, it was exciting and terrifying for me. Like, yeah. And it made me and Mel and Ryder worried sometimes mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. He's like, like you'd almost be kind of clammy and yeah. oh, like, fucking definitely. Like, come on guys. Yeah, it was it was like a mom stressed out going to Disneyland, and she's like trying <laughs> yeah. to gather everything up. Get the at, fucking car! Like, We're going Whoa. to Disneyland. But we like gotta we, gas up. We gotta get our lunch. We got. Did you get your bags? Like what the? But fuck? like we, we went to Disneyland fun. once a week for fifty weeks, and you're like, we've done this. You yeah, got it, you, man. Yeah. Like you can do this. Well, the car's already packed. Know. I know. Anything Disneyland has it all. Mm-hmm. Look, right man, it. if you. If when when one has hang-ups, oh. they have hang-ups, as you well know, yes. Ryder. You know, like well, it, all of us yeah. have hang-ups, so we all know what you're talking about. But you, Psh, yours no, wasn't expressed, no. yours wasn't vocalized. It was just coming it out in, in action. Yeah, and well, so and that's it, really hard to deal with. It's hard to watch someone struggle with their hang-ups. 
when you can when you know they could just stop doing it. But well, you obviously can't. Hang-up. Yeah, you I know just, you can't just stop like, doing like, it. But click. Like, oh, oh no! Hey, hey, look at that. They're no, not doing switch. that anymore. It took multiple psychedelic journeys. Two hundred interviews and more practice and practice, practice, and, practice. And, and and like a, and multiple psychedelic journeys well, and, and also like again. not just all the, those two things but like having the no simple road like meeting them and yeah, coming to us too, like these were all experiences that helped to kind of quell and give that kind of social anxiety uh like a direction to work at mm-hmm. you and, know and i've thought about it a lot and like so part of the thing with the, with doing this is like that feeling of being at a show and you're just like abandoned in the music and you're responding to the frequencies that are happening and, and the music is responding to you and those magic moments like you, you're not in your own way in that moment. And my thought pretty eh, pretty early on was like, I want to be able to bring that feeling to a conversation. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that for myself. Like that where, flow. That yeah, where I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just doing that. You're present, yeah. And everybody's your family. Yeah. And it really feels like especially when we're doing the the intros like this like and we've said it before like that it's a lot like playing music the conversation is a it's improv a hundred percent improv this whole like we we come in here we don't know what the fuck we're gonna talk about yeah we just know who the guest is we're doing an intro for right and sometimes we get super deep and sometimes we really don't mm -hmm. you know and we talk about stuff that's going on in our life or stuff that's going on around us and all of it's great but i know what you mean as far as like having to just be free of any other mm-hmm. anything thoughts um obligations and just this we're in the room we're with this person or we're with each other and that's all that's well, happening and it's also f- feeling your way through the conversation too like i remember talking to brownie and like talking about stepping off the cliff mm-hmm. together. Oh yeah. And I don't know where my notes are, but I've got and that, that down. that's something that like at first it was just me stepping off the cliff. And I think one of the big milestones in getting over myself and all my bullshit was realizing that you guys were here with me stepping off the cliff. Is it like, obviously I'm not a complete idiot. I knew you were here, but like, feeling that support and being like if i completely fall on my face we're gonna do it together knowing something and feeling something are totally separate from each other there's like if you feel comfortable that's one thing but if you know you can feel comfortable that's something (laughs) that's not uh, that's not current you know that's a knowing and to be honest that's what's always made me feel comfortable during every single interview we've ever done is that it's not just me. I'm not by myself. Like I'm with my posse. So if I get a dumb question or if I say something stupid or mess up, you guys are going to be right back to make it a joke or to pick up or explain what I meant or, 
whatever. <laughs> yeah. And we're good at doing that because oh, we, we do have, that in real life. Totally. We come with that. Well, and not for nothing, there's someone on the other end of the microphone, too. Like, there, yeah. there's the other person you're interviewing. Well, yeah. But I'm talking about even doing just the intros, just the too. Intros, yeah. yeah. And that's adding a whole other dimension to it. So we're, we're talking a lot of the times to these, like, amazing improv musicians, right? And that's what they do for a living is step off the cliff. Like that's their thing. These are masters at abandon. They're cliff divers. Yeah. And so now like I, when we get to talk to somebody like Brownstein or I'll use O'Teal as another example, like, or any of the guests that we talk to that play music, I'm excited to talk to them now because I feel like we get to jam with them. And I, and I, I know that I can play. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, you've been Absolutely. on stage enough mm-hmm. times yeah. you're comfortable with yeah, the yeah. improv yeah. thing. And that is definitely what we do is improv. Like this isn't scripted. <laughs> no. 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 Okay, guys, it's time for part two. Oh, hang on. Part two. Everyone Everyone Mel, no page. Did Mel. you guys email the next guest the script? We did. Okay. We cool. did. Mel Mel, you're next. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna say Oh wait, it's I'm not page, supposed to say page, that. You're on the wrong page. It you're says on the wrong with page. seriousness. Um, <laughs> no, no. Oh, that was too serious. You all have Setting it here first. Your... This is, it's, it's life. You guys are joining into our life. This is our real world or our like, um, reality TV, but it's on This podcast. is our Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Yes. Oh, gross. No, it's not. <laughs> you know what? It's not that bad. It is not gross. I wouldn't say it's gross. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the earlier I'm not seasons. Going down the rabbit hole. Maybe the earlier seasons. Yeah, the there's later. people that like it. That's yeah. for that. Yeah. Awesome. My sister's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll get down on some Bruce Jenner. And hey, listen. I'll totally get down on. Oh, get, Ky- oh wait, no, not Bruce. Oh, well, that, that's earlier seasons. Yeah, they're yeah. But now it's Caitlin. Caitlin. Listen, you get stoned, spend a couple hours just droning out. It's pretty nice. Okay. I'm going to take your word for it mm-hmm. and move on. Yeah. I, I get that, the whole reality thing. Like, that's the beauty of podcasting is it is 100% theater of the mind. Like we live in your head a hundred percent. One of the things we were talking about this yesterday in the car, just by our voices, you've never seen us before, right? Like people meet Apple more than one person is like, dude, I thought you were like a 25 year old man. Oh, and I have to say a, Huge shout out to the person that wrote in about my voice. Aww, um, it yeah. was an earlier episode, so it wasn't a recent one. I don't recall who it was, but it was on Squarespace. And I'm working on it. They said that they like my voice. and It was Brandy W. Brandy W. So thank you, Brandy. I really appreciate that. Um, I have found a way to actually enjoy my voice and kind of like separate Melanie from the person who's talking or separate myself from Melanie. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, this person's on a podcast. She's interviewing, you know, Mark today. And I'm listening to what she has to say instead of being like, ew, why did you say that? Why didn't it's not you and it's not me. It's her. Well, that's, you know, that's like, a useful skill. Not I do just that. in podcasting. That oh, I do for that all, all the you time. out there too, man. That like, to be able to look at what you do objectively and, and remove yourself from the, I'll use a magic term, lust of result. And like, just be able to see the thing for what it is. And 
it's evaluate a, it from there. That's really awesome. Well, it's taken a lot of practice, but I realize that that is a skill that I had aside from podcasting. It's a skill that I've learned to do from childhood shit that wasn't, I don't think was a positive thing at the time, but I've learned to kind of disassociate, but I learned how to do it positively. I, I turned it around instead of like being absent. I learned how to actually stay present take myself out of the situation and look at what's happening instead of being emotionally drawn and you know driven by what's going on yeah that's it's been so helpful it's been so fucking helpful for a million things and the biggest one has been grace having grace for myself that's (laughs) and i talked about that a few episodes back when i was doing my 21 day thing but I received the gift of grace during that 21 day meditation. And that was one of the like light bulb moments was like, what does that mean? Explain that having grace for yourself. Well, I mean, that's not a one liner. It's not like the way that I have grace for this was my example. Um, I'm very hard on myself when I'm learning things, when I'm trying new things or when I already know things. So, for example, like if I'm learning like the ukulele, right, or Mm -hmm. ukulele, however you want to say it, um, I feel like I should already know it. Why? I don't know. Mm. Like in my head, (laughs) there's something in me that just I just feel like I know I should know it without practice, without ever having touched one. You see other people play, you're like, I should be able to do that without lessons, and so. I sign up for Melify. Well, yeah. Um, and so I would get frustrated with myself and then either drive myself to continue to do it, but with like with an attitude. With an attitude and with all this negative banter inside, or I would just ignore it and not do it anymore and be like like just fuck it kind of a thing and then like and then be mad at myself internally about it. Like you didn't even pass you didn't even do that. You said you were gonna do that. Why'd you spend the money? Why'd you go there? Why didn't you and so there's never any break. So if I'm doing it, I'm getting I'm giving myself a hard time. If I'm not doing it, I'm giving myself a hard time. And that twenty one meditation twenty one day meditation was like, look, stop. Just stop and look at what you've done. And it started listing all these things that I've done successfully and unsuccessfully all these things I've tried all these things I've gone through and it was like why that was just that was just a question why you don't treat anybody else like that in your whole life even your enemies why do you treat yourself like that damn and it was you busted yourself I busted myself but I was there to like pick up and like wipe my knee and like cuddle myself it was like stop doing that because it's not fair <laughs> you be a good girl like that yeah. good that like yeah that smack it was that instant hug. Smack and a hug. it was a smack and a hug and then it was a continuous hug thereafter it was like oh. you don't need to treat yourself like that you're allowed to learn you're allowed to make mistakes you're allowed to figure things out that are tough and you're allowed to ask for help and that goes for everybody that he- this heard her say that the best thing you can do for yourself or anyone else period is forgiveness anything fucking you up like it comes down to forgiveness dude we were talking the other day about a person in our life that has a lot of grief and guilt that they carry around with them Mm -hmm. and we've seen it like start to eat them away eat away at them and like i've always heard those sayings like you know 
the person that suffers when you hold a grudge is the person that's holding the grudge and all those, you know, the sayings that, you know, they don't, you think they don't mean anything, but holy shit, man. Like, and it, it'll kill you. Yeah. And for like, real. the biggest one is not, is yourself. Mm-hmm. Like f- we've all fucked up and we're all going to fuck up again. And like not letting yourself off the hook even if you like. So that's what grace is right there. Yeah. yeah. Even Letting you, yourself off the hook no matter what. And it's not saying you can't hold yourself to a, a good standard. Right. Like that. It's like not one or the other. You, you don't have to like be a total dipshit and okay, you're real fine. Fuck it. And forgiveness will help you hold yourself to a higher standard. Yes, it will. I promise. It will. I am oh, not no. a, I'm not a, didn't grow up a clean, like high standard person. And I, wasn't until I started to forgive myself for like the little things. Well, where did, when did you start to do that? Like how, how did you what come to that? It? Yeah, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I guess. So I would say two, three years ago, I had this like weird realization where it seems like everybody is always the, their best selves when they're falling in love with someone. And I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fucking dumb. Why do I need to be falling in love with another person to be the best version of myself that I can be? And I realized that I don't have to. I can fall in love with myself. And Ooh. I had to figure out what that meant, like how I fall in love with people yeah. and what that meant. But the thing that like really kicked me in the face was that when you're falling in love with someone, you'll forgive them for literally anything. And like if you're really head over heels, That's unless true. they stabbed your mother in front of you, like you'll forgive them for. <laughs> then you still be like, well, mom was yeah, like, what you doing? Kind of a pain in the what ass. What are you doing? <laughs> and that, well, that's what kind of clicked that in my head was like, uh, along with every other thing, like finding the little things that you do that you enjoy, um, and progressively fall using that over time. But like the biggest thing was to forgive myself for started small like little mess ups in conversations or mess ups at work and then bigger and bigger until and then that goes right in line with acceptance yeah accepting not just yourself but people around you sometimes people are just dorks and that's fine but you don't (laughs) have it is fine yeah and why does that person have to be anything different than what they are to you Right. You know, cause you're, it's going through your lens. So you're like, this guy or this girl is such a dork, but that's your lens. And so why does that person need to be anything other than that? They're just living. Dude, think about when you talk about like that, I think about walking through the concourse at a show and like the chick that's like spinning in circles and the dude that looks like he's picking up marbles off the floor and the wook that's like staring at the concrete, having a conversation with it. And like, there's all these different people in the concourse and you're not walking by going, what an asshole. Look at her. Judging, being judgy. Like, and you're like, fuck yeah. You're happy for everybody that they're there and they're having fun. Being and like, themselves. It, you can take that out of the show with you <clears throat> and like, oh shit. I can feel like that about everybody everywhere. I can feel about like that about the lady at the grocery store that just cut me off or the, you know, Including whatever. Including myself. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yourself. that's the yeah that's yeah that's the most important one. 
it's yeah. just it's very insidious how our minds work you know because then it'll start to trigger stuff from like childhood that you heard you know that mom or dad said to you or your cousin that was jealous or your teacher that didn't believe in you like it'll start to kind of come into you and and you'll think that those are your thoughts and they're not dude that that's i actually literally three years ago wrote this for myself because of that let me pull it up one sec this because of that because because of like how hard it is to like have your own voice in your head instead mm. of everyone else decipher oh, which yeah, one's yours yeah, and yeah. not theirs yeah it uh i wrote this actually i wrote it for someone and never gave it to them because they fell out of my life but i should give this to them but uh it's called it's hard um it's hard to find enough light in these dark times to make your way through the uncertain path you've chosen but you chose it because it's yours it's hard to know which part of you is yours and which parts were forced upon you, but only you can decide who you are. It's hard because you have to fight against your own instinct, the thing that takes control and acts before you're even conscious of it. It's hard, but it's not impossible. You can choose to be who you want instead of letting your past make you the person you think you are. It's hard, I know, but you can do it. And I've read that to myself probably 500 times. Wow, man, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, another cool thing I've done for myself right before we moved here, I bought a, a greeting card for myself and I wrote in it this huge long list of things that I was and that I've accomplished in the kind of crazy swirly way that I do. And I put it in an envelope and I didn't mark the envelope. So there's a card with an envelope in it. And so I've, I've hid it from myself many times. That's not hard. Yeah. You know, I'm a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would find it and I'm like, you know, I'll be like looking for a birthday card for somebody and be like, oh, pull it out. And I'm like, oh shit. And read it. And it like almost every time I pick it up, it makes me cry because it was affirming. It was one of those times where I was feeling empowered. I was feeling good about myself. I was feeling myself You're and good to yourself. I mm-hmm. was being good to myself. And I wrote this out and I, every time I'm like, holy shit. And that is another cool thing. Like writing is one of the best tools that you can use to get out well, of your if head. That's your thing. If that's, I'm just saying one, yeah. one of yeah. them. I mean, you can freaking express yourself anyway, but that's the way that I have found that really kind of shoots right into my gut and, and into it, my heart. It is hard writer. It is. It's difficult to get that through your own head mm-hmm. that like you don't have to be who other people think you are who and then pe- trying to figure out to what's be, left after that. You don't have to be who you think you are. Right. That's the most fucked up. It's thing. the story you tell yourself about yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the, the Western magical tradition, like that's the whole base of it is like finding your true will. And that means finding out who you really are apart from all those things that you've Western society has put on you attached Mm -hmm. to yourself based on other people's perceptions of you and your own perceptions of how you think they think about you Yeah, and getting to the center of that. And I mean, that's like the goal 
and then once you get there, then you can start like really doing work yeah, and healing yourself and you don't have to find it from outside and recreating yourself. Yeah. You know, like, and that is constant. Okay. When I was with Sydney, we were at Huntington garden and her friend and her, her mother was also in town and we were talking and I was walking behind her and I was like, Hey, did you um, get a tattoo removed? from your back she's like yeah I was like that's a really good job because it just looked like a, it almost looked like a, a birthmark and she's like yeah I'm already thinking of what other tattoos I was like you're gonna get another tattoo she's like oh yeah I just I I like to modify my body I just think of it as editing and she, when she said that Hell to yeah. me my entire like childhood adulthood everything just came like flashing into my because it's like I'm always like you can't course correct. You have to do it right the first time. It's like, oh, you only fell off the tightrope. No, you don't get another chance. Nope, go like you're done. And when she said that to me, I or she was just saying it about herself. About getting tattoos. About getting tattoos had nothing to do with life. It was her fucking body. And But you can edit yourself. And I <laughs> I was like, wow, that is some big like, fucking head message to me. It was like shot me through the heart. It shot me through the chest. It shot me through the head and was like, you can edit yourself, baby. It's all good. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Mm-hmm. It is all good. <laughs> I, I love you guys, man. I really do. Well, you want to do the week real quick and then do the week. Yeah. Okay. You want to go first? I'll start it. My week was fantastic. I just did a treatment on one of my friends from work and it was incredible. We both had an amazing time. I just kind of reignited my selfness. <laughs> um, I guess what I mean by that is like sometimes, you know, along the way you, I don't want to say you forget yourself, but sometimes you forget that you know how to do things or sometimes you forget that you're good at stuff. Aaron and I were just talking about this in regards to tie dye and Sometimes it takes somebody or something that you do to remember something you already knew or to just reinstill something that, you know, like underscore it. And we just had an amazing time and she left and she's like this little cute tense ball and she left and she was like all teased out and relaxed and just yeah, she was she was chilling. That when she tension split. was gone and she was smiley and cute and I just... I was so proud to see her walking off, you know, and feeling like that. And it just, it brightened up my day. It Mm -hmm. brightened up my whole fucking day. And this was a gift that somebody, somebody actually paid me to give her this gift. And so that right there in itself was a blessing. I get to do something for this girl that somebody paid because they thought she was this. You gotta, you gotta make sure it's a good gift. Like, exactly. Like, oh, I'm gonna gift this up. And so I just, <laughs> um, and I didn't, I didn't even think that in my head. I, we were just, I was doing my normal natural Melanie self. I wasn't even trying to put it on thick. I was just, and it, it made me really, it, it made my heart feel so good. Aww. 
That's and cool. so that's the end of my work weekend. It's Monday. And then I brought home a bottle of blueberry Moscato. Dude, it's it so good. It's so good. And <laughs> I've good. got a whole week of fun stuff planned. So I am, I'm, I'm on a high. I'm feeling good. I'm soaring. I'm editing. And I'm killing it. What about you, Ryder? How's your week been? It's been a really good week. Um, I've worked most of it. But uh, I went to I went out to eat in a restaurant, like inside of like a real restaurant a with restaurant. Wow. And everything what? and food. People, not even just with people, with my friends that I haven't seen in forever, and it was oh, really cool. fucking cool. And we we just spent like two and a half hours catching up, so that was really really fun. Um, I've um. I've been more utilizing the tools I've come up with recently. I guess you, I'm sure you guys have talked about Magnus and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Dude, I, blue in the face. I know. <laughs> People are asking about Magnus. We should give him their, his information. He's wonderful. Um, I've started working out recently and eating better. And like I was talking with Magnus the other day, um, that's super helpful with stuff like depression. I felt myself going into a bit of a depressive episode earlier this week and with the tools I have as far as eating healthy and working out I pulled myself right out of that and said no not today dang and showed it who's boss yeah and that was really smack um, and a hug smack my bitch up <laughs> it was really a firm and then a quick hug <laughs> yeah yeah oh. Oh, bitch. No, I'm I'm, I'm comfortable <laughs> slapping <laughs> slapping my depression and just leaving it out in the cold. That yeah. Um, no, it was really affirming and nice. Cool, man. Yeah. Wow, Congrats. that's great. Yeah. Affirmative, Monsana. No, that was mine. Affirmative. Affirmative. Okay, cool. He had an affirmative week. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> oh, <laughs> samezies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, samezies. No, no. So, well, let's see. It was the. I was struggling last week, as everybody knows from the last intro and stuff. I wasn't present for the first intro of two episodes last week. Uh, I'm doing better, still processing things, figuring things out. A big part of that is the changing world that we live in, which there have been and still are so many unknowns, and things are opening back up. We're planning things. That's a very welcome anticipation, but it's also an unfamiliar one after a year and a half of nothing. So processing a lot of things, a lot of things going on, planning things. We're already starting to get things that we can't do because they cross over with others. Again, a very welcome thing. But it's just, it's weird being shut off for a year and a half almost from a lot of stuff. I mean, we've continued doing this, which has been wonderful therapy and everything. But now, like, the anticipation of, of going... It, it, it kind of like let's go back to a Disneyland reference because it kind of reminds me like like say your your mom dad your uncle whoever kept telling you we're going to Disneyland and then that weekend comes and they're like oh no Disneyland that's happened so much next in the last year and a half we're going next week learn yeah yeah like disappointment has become kind of natural it's the new and normal. yeah unfortunately so so I don't know that in a, in a nutshell I guess my point is that it's just dealing with so many things. Like positive, and I wouldn't even say negative or depressing or anything. Just trying to figure it all out, like coming back, like the motherboard's warming back up, and the switches are coming on, and electricity's going over here now. And it's like, oh, I thought that shit was broken. 
And it's like, <laughs> no, it's like, no, shit. I remember that part. So it's like kind of rewiring and stuff. I'm in the middle of that. And it's weird. Like you guys have noticed around the house. I'm more, I'm not a quiet person and I'm more quiet mm-hmm. in the last several weeks mm-hmm. and stuff because just like, we're like figuring things out. Kind of like Ryder said with it, you know, figuring stuff but out. What's lately. cool is like yesterday you were like, and another thing how I was feeling like just kind of randomly you're throwing the little um, bits and pieces here. And so that's cool because <laughs> it's, it's affirming that it's not like a change in your temperament. What it's what it is, it's like, no, you're just processing your stuff and, and you do need time. You know, like people are like I need my space. I need time. And then they fucking run off and they never see him again. This is like, I need my space. I need time. But hey, by the way, <laughs> and this is what's happening. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. So a new thing for me, which is awesome, is kind of learn, kind of learning to process stuff on my own before I blurt it out or go to somebody else. You know, like immediately a question comes to you and I'm like, Google, what does this mean? Like to the train, you know, because we're used to that. Like, like let somebody else answer it for me. No, come up with your own answers stew on something let it and then figure it out and then if you have questions go to your loved ones and friends i mean not on everything but deep personal things it's kind of like wait i'm working this out if i throw this out to somebody this delicate thing that i'm rediscovering then it's going to have the influence of which i love everybody in this room but it's going to have their spice their flavor trying to enter it's like dream interpretations or Mm -hmm. something kind of you tell us that it's like, well, that sounds like you're fucking crazy or something. It's yeah. like, no, there's mm-hmm. a lot to it. And But anyway, my week is going good. The, the weekend was fun. We were on, we had uh, the awesome uh, uh, Jack Weber. What was, oh, wait, Jake <laughs> Weaver was <laughs> <No>. over <laughs> to to record us uh, for his podcast, which we'll, we'll let you yeah, know when no that's coming up. Is coming to midnight Had on super Earth. fun time with him, and Bren came over for a visit. That's another thing, too. You know, people are starting to be a lot more comfortable getting together and hanging out and stuff, and that's really fun. Summer's here, and how's the car? How's the weather, Carl? Hot. Hot! Damn it! Oh, yeah, it's warm. <laughs> and, yeah, so that's that's my week. And being able Doing to brighten good, up their spirits was really great, too. Yeah. Yes, yep. Apple, you, you were talking about, you know, the way things were and being used to disappointment. And then, like, now this new thing is happening and you're having to, like, get used to it again. And immediately Grateful Dead lyrics came to mind. And it's from New Speedway Boogie. Were you being cheeky? Not at all. (laughs) Here, I'm going to read it. It's just one little part of it. Who can deny? Who can deny? It's not just a change in style. One step down and another begun, and I wonder how many miles. That's right where we're at. Like, one step down, another's begun. Don't know what's going to happen here, man. But here we go. But here we go. But here we go. And, you know... This past week, I saw a couple of things that really, like, really impressed on me the emotion and the power behind music coming back. And so the first thing was Trey walking on that stage at SPAC and the reaction of the crowd just to Trey walking on the fucking stage for the first time since the pandemic started it was it was overwhelming i felt the emotion coming through the screen on my phone 
It was that powerful. Like, so then you don't need to go to any concerts? No, I'm done. Okay. Actually, I'm just going to stay cool. home this summer. Thanks, Trey. We're fulfilled. Yeah, we're Thank done, you. buddy. Thanks, Trey. Um, yeah, so it was amazing. And uh, and then the other thing was <laughs> listening today to Goose. They played uh, the caverns, above ground at the caverns. And hearing the crowd noise with the band made me start crying while I was running today. Like it was just like this, like it's real. Something now broke. It's happening. It's like we were listening to Trey the other night and I was like, there's just nothing like screaming audience with music. Like when you hear live footage of, it doesn't matter what band it is, you know, they're just getting on you in the, in the background and like, there's nothing like that. It, you can't duplicate that. It, it's the the whistling, the cheering, the woohoo, yeah, like all of those things combined with the songs that are coming on. It just, it's such an excitement. Mm-hmm. It's so <laughs> exciting. Well, and it's got more love and light than ever. That's yes, what all this music is that's about. The point. That we, that's right. Because when to. you said Goosens too, I was thinking the, the Umphrey show. The other night that all these shows, the love and the light is back and it's more powerful than ever. Mm-hmm. And on Trey, listening to Trey singing, like there's so much within lyrics and the way he was delivering things with an emphasis on what has happened in the last year and a half and with like a grin and a, a wink just, and a nudge. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody just, oh. yeah. And it, dude, not to mention if you're not a goose fan, I'm sorry for you. I apologize, but holy shit, dude. They're fucking amazing. Holy shit is all I have to say. Like they, they walked out. The show I listened to, like I said, was from the caverns and I think they were there for three nights. And so whenever there's a band like on nugs and they've done a three night run and I'm going to listen to it for the first time, I'll pick the second set on the last night. Cause I want to hear them when they're, Good and good and warmed up in the second set. And so I broke my rule today and put on the first set from that last show. And they, there was no warm up. They walked out on the stage. Everybody was going goose. And then they just melted that place to the floor. It was insane. And it just feels so good to, to. Was that in May? Yeah. Yeah, May yeah, 8th yeah, yeah. and 9th and it was it was 2 days in Tennessee. Okay. There it is. Mel Mel's the fact checker. Well, because I okay, years ago Sarah told me about the caverns. Tell them. Yeah. And I she was just like, "Oh my god, when you come back, we have to go to this one place. It's amazing. They have a fucking cave with concerts there." And I was like, "What?" And I never heard anything and <laughs> I did and I didn't know what the like she didn't know what the name of it is or maybe she did tell me but I forgot. It's like a cavern, but I don't know the yeah, name. Well, she Some said cave. cave. She didn't say there. cavern, she said cave. <laughs> Some kind of and cavernous so cave. I don't know, but I recently started following them and he um the owner happens to happen to be on uh, rolling stone he got um, interviewed and so i just started scrolling and looking and i'm like dang they're having everybody there right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I, we need to go to tennessee yeah we will so that happened this week um father's day was 
really fun. We Aww, went and picked happy cherries. Father's Day out there, everybody. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to all the No Simple Road dads, man. You guys are fucking rad. But we went we went to Cody's house and picked mm. cherries. And that was we got a five gallon bucket filled with the most delicious cherries so on the planet. Cherries. And then me and you came home and did some tie dyeing, and that was super fun. I haven't tie dyed since we lived in Vegas, and it was, was a blast. That was really it fun. It was babe. super fun. I was like, "Hey, I want to tie dye my dress." You're like, "Okay, I love you so much for that, babe. I, you're so good at that." Like, I'll be like, "I want to do dot dot dot," and then you're like, "Okay, let's do it." Like, wait, I, I maybe I was just I don't know if you I gotta do. be careful what you say because <laughs> I'll just go. I'm a Sagittarius. I'll shoot the arrow. Like, <laughs> but. My Consequences be damned. But Here we go. <laughs> Both of our tie days came out dope. Your dress came out so cool. Thank you. That dress yeah, is. Yeah, you got to post a picture of that. I'll, I'll that post a amazing. picture. I will definitely. I, I think, you know what I, I dreamed of last night? This is a first. This is what I was thinking of last night when Tied I fell asleep. Cheap. No. Mm, I, I thought this dress was going to be my summer concert dress, and I was going to wear this for every concert that we go to. It makes sense. Yeah. I would. I'm like, why, why not? You? And that's mm-hmm. what I fell asleep thinking. And now after seeing the dress and I will embellish it with other stuff, but we got to get some patches. Whatever. So yeah. Tie dyed with you. I want to figure, I want to know what like that fabric is. Like, I think it's that, like, that, that it didn't take it. It's either polyester or rayon like or it's polyester. Cause it won't, that fiber reactive dye won't work on it. At well, all. It's whatever. just like, pfft. it was so cool what happened though. Yeah. You anyway. Guys. Happy accident. Go to Instagram right now. It'll probably no, already be there. Uh, maybe not. Uh, I'm not that fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see it at a fit. You'll see it at the gorge. Yeah, you'll see it at the gorge for sure. <laughs> the other thing too, man, like like Ryder was talking about working out and, and eating better and all that. And we've talked about that a lot on the show. But I, uh, I've been working really hard at it. And, yeah, you had and uh, I fucking wore myself out a little bit the last couple the last days. Last couple days, yeah, yeah I was. Well, you know, I was pushing. I was like, <gasps> why am I so fucking tired last night, dude? Like, Aaron looked. You got a new like, workout thing and wore yourself out on it. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Aaron looked like he hadn't slept in weeks. Not just like he skipped a nap. He looked like he'd been forced to be up on the computer <laughs> and like on an exercise <laughs> bike at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got in bed last night and I was like, I'm not going to be. Able- <laughs> you reminded me of Darwin a little last night. You're like leaning down the hall before anybody was going. You'd like you had that. Oh, it's dude. Bedtime. Yeah. Like it's bedtime. It was, it was a trip. And like I started giving myself a hard time today about it. I was like, the fuck's the matter with you? Why are you so tired? You slept last night. Oh my like, God. Get, get to you work. Beat yourself yeah. up. And I was like, wait, well, hold on, hold on, man. Listen, listen. Stop and then, it, dude. And I like looked back over the week and I was like, oh, you've been fucking busting your ass. Also, sometimes you're just tired. Well, man. and it's it's fucking hot. It's hot. Well, also, like, I don't know if you guys, I might have an anxiety disorder that induces insomnia. But like there's days where I just won't sleep. No, that doesn't happen to me. Okay. I get that once in a while. Nope. Nope. I'll have, I can always, no matter what, fall asleep. Nope. That's never my, my problem is staying asleep. I do also have that issue. That's my, because I have a dog. No, that's not the only reason. His favorite thing to do is wait till about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning and breathe in my face and be like, hey man, 
Hey, and then ticky tack down, and then ticky tack those down those stairs that are four feet away yeah. from my door and wake me up. Yeah. Hey, man, I really gotta go out and get a drink, and I might have to go poop, so you should really let me out. I'm like, fuck. And I get up and we walk down the hall, and he stands at the door when I open it, and he won't go out unless I go out with him mm-hmm. and stand out there and wait while he fucking farts around at one thirty in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, hey, and his nail, I still maintain you. to this day. His nails sound like a, like it's like a bunch, a bunch of like like hookers with high heels, <laughs> little, little tiny ones, little like tiny. the size of Barbie dolls, mm-hmm. and they're just like click 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 in the middle of the night. And I'm like I'm like I'm like what's that? Like that um that picture of the carrot that I have with the with the sexy legs. Yeah, it needs you you need to make little hot pants. It needs little hot pants for it. I'll pose those two pictures side by side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little album. Oh my so god! Yeah, man. Just just working hard and trying but hardly to, working, but hardly oh. working. Yeah. But you know, getting it together for the season that's coming up because it is back, and back. we are it's busting back. out with it. And yep. you know what? I'm kind of really grateful for that. We had to wait till we didn't have to. There's plenty of little things that we could have done, but like that, we're waiting till like middle of july We're being to go. good yeah i i really appreciate that because i you know how bad i want to fly back east and go to a goose uh, show oh, I'm, right I'm, now. i know okay. i i'm just saying, just saying i'm just i appreciate that take out a loan and just go on seven tr- mm-hmm. go to for yeah. three weeks yep yep the thought crossed my mind when i saw j-rad posted their run i was like ooh, i could surprise mel with the trip and i was like nope I could surprise them with asking them to take more time off. Get in trouble at work. We ain't got nothing else coming up. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, 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 it needs health insurance and benefits in life. Bullshit. This is the the new new. Why are you depending on the man, fuckers? (laughs) Shit. Oh, also, uh, Mel, how much was your check? Oh. What, your job doesn't give you 280 hours of PTO? Yeah, no. (laughs) Sometimes working for the man comes with his benefits. Anyway. That's how the man keeps it. just keeps kind of tickling. And then when you're not working for the man, you're the man. And you got to make yourself go to fucking work. And uh-huh. bring home the bacon. So there's no way around it. And you know what? That's a good segue. The man. Yeah, we're we're the man. No, no I'm just kidding. We're the bacon. The man. Mark, Mark, you're the man. Yes, you are. Thank you for coming on the show and having such a freaking oh. stellar, amazing interview with us. That not even an interview. It was a super dope conversation. conversation. Hold on. What? I I am remiss. We I too early. We well, had I, the I most amazing email sent to us today. The most amazing email. I got to tell you guys, sit back. Okay, get comfortable for just uh, three minutes. Oh, the little thing. Check this out. So uh, for my it, for my birthday, we had a little get together here at the house and the Abel family came over and uh, we were all hanging out. It was very late at night and Cody and I were playing guitar together and I had brought my mandolin out of the back room and it was sitting on the table next to us and Audrey went over and she was like, or somebody was playing with the, the mandolin and she was like, they were like, do you want to see it? And she was like, oh no. I think it, was, it was Cody. Yeah. Do you want to see it? Oh no, I'll break it. I don't, I can't touch stuff like that. And Cody was like, just take it and, and look and at it. And it was Cody kind of like shook it around and strummed the strings pretty hard. Like, what are you going to do to it? Yeah. And so Audrey, actually that night 
as we were all doing our thing, kind of strummed along quietly in the background. First time she had ever picked up mandolin in the background as Cody and I were playing. And I remember the next morning as, as her and Jason were leaving, she was like, I might pick up one of those things. Like, so fast forward. For well, the, for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Jason bought her a mandolin bought for Christmas. Bought the family. Yeah. Yeah. And Audrey has been diligently strumming those mandolin strings. And so from November to now, she's been playing. and uh, Seven months. She said she's been working real hard at it for about a month, maybe a little more. She really has been putting in the work like every day. And today I woke up and I checked the No Simple Road email and there was an email from Audrey with this. Oh, my God. 
that was that was Audrey, Abel, and Darla, and Simon. Thank that was you with Jerry back with Jerry backing him up. Yeah, not many people can say that Jerry Garcia backed up their mandolin playing. So <laughs> that's Audrey. the sweetest thing ever. If you've seen their if you've seen their kids. Those Which are probably have we've had them posted. On yeah, the kids Instagram. have actually been yeah, the, on the show. Yeah, yeah. the kids they have been were on the, the Northwest String right. Summit we episode with them. We've been to many pigeon shows with yes. them. They're Those kids have been to more festivals kids. than me. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. By far. Yeah. They yes. So that family is a blessing to yeah. no thank simple you so much. We love you guys, sweeties. Yeah. If I knew the way, I'd take you guys home too, man. For sure. But I don't. So let's figure it out together. We'll get there. We're all just walking each other home, but nobody knows which way we're going. <laughs> we're all going home. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. Home. So yeah, let's do the business. Go to nosimpleroad.com and sign up for the newsletter. Grab yourself some merch. Get yourself a t-shirt, coffee cup, fanny pack. Everybody needs a fanny pack. Everybody. It's, it's festival season and it's summer. And, you know, you're wearing shorts. You don't want to put your phone in your pocket in your shorts unless you're an old dude like me and you wear cargo shorts. Then you can put your phone in your pocket. Even, like, cargo shorts are so hot now. It's getting hotter and it's too much yeah. fabric mm-hmm. on you. Get, right? a, get, get a regular shorts. Basketball shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it even says No Simple Road on it. Super cool. So, yeah, nosimpleroad.com. Follow us on all the social media platforms at No Simple Road. You can go on Facebook if you do that sort of thing and join the no simple road family group that's happening over there and also follow the page let's see what else um patreon yeah patreon.com forward slash no simple road that is how we pay the rent over here and let me tell you something it ain't cheap the rent just went up yeah so please you guys our we, office space just went up <laughs> we could use a little assistance i'm just saying 2020 wasn't the best financially for for the crew here so uh we could use your help this year if you are so inclined so all it takes is a dollar so wait one dollar makes us smile so yep. much it makes us Wonderful. so happy every time we get a notification it's yeah. so wonderful. It, yes. to know that it is a little celebration. Us. It's yeah. so sure. nice. It's like, oh, a little heart hug. Yeah. And I also thought about this. Like, it's an investment yeah. in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you believe in us, yeah. and you like what we do, then, hey, you know what? I'm going to pitch you guys a buck. Yeah. I'm going to invest. I'm going to buy you a third of a cup of coffee every month. A quarter an episode. Yeah. That adds up. Yeah. Every it little sure bit adds fuck up. does. So, yeah. Patreon.com forward slash no simple road. Also, you can call the Tepid line at 971-808-1524. That number again, Mel? 971-808-1524. Operators are standing by. You can leave us a message. Say anything you want. The, the line is open. You are not censored. So just And the saying. other thing you can do, too, where you won't be censored, is you can go over to the Apple Podcasts, and you can leave us a five-star review please and i mean you can punch that five stars that's really easy to do we really appreciate that but then if you spend a little extra time to do like i can you can if, if you're not a typer or texture or writer or something you can talk to your phone and it'll write out the review for you so spend those you know 10 15 20 seconds to give us something we we got two back right around my birthday but we have not had be, be that june person hey, how many days are in june 31. Okay. 30. 30. 30. Okay. okay. I, I lied. So we 31 May 3. Yeah. We have like 28 or so days left in the month. Or 28. What the fuck am I saying? I Eight don't know. Days. It's at Aaron math. Yeah. 
Seven Earn days, actually, by the time Aaron this is, comes out. Apple is correct. It is 30 days. Yeah. Yeah, Seven days left in the month. Please, somebody out there, I'm asking you, please, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. It, it's not an ego thing. It, no. it helps in the algorithm for other people to find out about the show, and it's fun to read them. Also, I want to sing about the Muna and the Juna and the Springer. No. It's Juna. No, we need the Juna. Sing about the Muna and the Juna no. and the Springer. Anyway, Apple, nobody knows what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, somebody out there. Somebody out there is going to laugh and go, oh, dude, uh, I dude, remember they've that. They've seen that cartoon. If you did laugh at that joke, write it in a review. There it is. Thanks, <laughs> Yeah, they, Yes, <laughs> thanks, That's right. Ryder. And, um, hey, guess what? Go to the No Simple Road website. Also, Shows are starting back up. No Simple Road is hitting the road to a bunch of shows. And if you want to come hang out with us, we're going to have all the shows that we're going to be at up there. And what you do is you look on that little calendar on there or however it's laid out. I can't remember. I'll, I'll let you know next time. And uh, you say, oh, I'm going to be at the Gorge. I'm going to hit them up. And you're going to write in to info at nosimpleroad.com. And you'll be like, yo, No Simple Road family. I'm part of the family, too. I want to come party with you guys and boogie at fish. And I'm going to be like, okay. And then we're going to exchange information. We're going to keep in touch and we're going to meet you at the gorge and we're all going to party together. Party. Yeah. Yeah. We'll like have I a just meet said. up spot. Party. Yes. Like, like I just said, party. Once again, I just got to do that. Tepid line is one nine seven one eight oh eight fifteen twenty four. Yeah, what Apple good. said. That's good. I'm, Thanks, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering it. I'm, I'm very good. Proud of myself. Everybody's proud of you, Apple. Aaron's credit card number is seven. Shut up, home. dude. <laughs> so yeah, go do that. And then one last thing: if you live in Portland, Oregon, okay, and you are a poet, here is the official call: we need a Portland poet to submit poetry to the show. You could possibly have your poem sonically painted by John Medeski and Jeff Firewalker Schmidt. You could actually have that happen for yourself. So, just saying, if you are a poet, poet, a poet, poet, I guess you could be a poet, a parrot, a poet, a parrot, <laughs> poet, a popper. Or if you know anyone that's a poet, like. Get the word out. Yeah, man. This is a big deal. So send your submissions to info at nosimpleroad.com. I'm being dead serious. We are going to choose a poet from Portland to have their poem painted sonically by John Modesky and Jeff Firewalker. You picked a lot of plosives. I know. That's difficult (laughs) to say, but I did it. I got through it. And, And then you're going to be on the new podcast, Saint Disruption. So if you feel that your poetry is worthy and you are a Portlandian, even if you don't, guys, there's nothing wrong with just submitting it. Yep. Just we're not if if we're not going to blast anybody for emailing something in and only one of them's going to get picked. The worst thing that happened is you don't get picked. Only only criteria. There, there's a couple of criteria. I have to say it's got to be long enough to be a song to be painted sonically it can't be a haiku (laughs) and the other thing is uh, how do i put this delicately it can't be bashing anyone or like causing division in any way don't be a dick yeah it can be be woke but it can't be hurtful yeah there you go mel thank you call out social issues it can do all that but it just can't you can't be an asshole don't be a dick yeah thank you Ryder. 
Follow the rule. Follow the rule. The one fucking rule we got around here. It's the one, only one. All right. Well, is everybody good and ready? Yeah. To go to space with Mark Brownstein? Always. <laughs> Literally do go to space. Hey, Mark. Thanks, man. That was yeah. super fun hanging out. We got to do it again sometime. This and is a busy man. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, 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 one of the things I look forward to most in my future is coming to a biscuit show. So... Love you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Everybody, without further ado, the No Simple Road Crew gives you Mark Brownstein. Brownstein.
<laughs> I'm quite concerned about fucking up. Yeah, no, true, Dang. You're, you're nailing it so far, so. All right. I think that should do. That'll do, Donkey. All right. Wow. It was it was a mad scramble there at the last few minutes. We had a shadow and the fucking phone was dying. And everything was <laughs> happening all at once, man. I had a mad scramble too. You I, did. My scramble was slightly different. I had a video game issue going on. There's a child in a conference upstairs. There was like a little screaming. I had to. <laughs> I was trying to get the the lights on um, because I'm in my DJ show set up here. Uh, no, I, only about ten minutes ago. Did I realize that all of my equipment, my two computers, my iPad, my phone, everything that I use for my DJ show was all hooked up and set up from a show that I had late last night. And um, so I scrambled as well. I was like, oh, I'm doing this podcast from, you know, (laughs) from space. Yeah, from space. That's Planet Brownstein. I've never used, I've never used a, a background or a green screen. I've done... Um, Looks dope. I've done 300 and like 50 bass lessons on, you know, with Zoom this year. And like, you know, I've done, I've done like a, a multitude, 115 meet and greets all through live, lively. And uh, I've never once used the background until right at this moment. <laughs> I feel, but, I feel This lucky. was the first time that I was ever opened Zoom up with a green screen behind me where I was like, oh, wow, now what do I do? It's uh, just- <laughs> <laughs> it looks tight, man. It, it does. It, yeah. There's no, there's no separation. You don't see the, like, you know how sometimes you do it and it looks like shit, like you could see the edges? Right. You can't That's see the it. the difference between having a green screen and just turning your background on. And Zoom has a little like button to check that says I have green screen. And when I saw that inside the video, it was like when it's like Zoom background. Right, space. right. Yeah. Six of them, right? There's six Zoom backgrounds and everybody's always like going. <laughs> I'm at the beach. Rising yeah. and stuff. Not me. I'm out here in space. Woo! That's oh, much hell yeah. That's much cooler than the beach things played out. Yeah, yeah exactly. How are you I, breathing, I looked, Mark? Was like Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> like huge blades of grass. There's like, no. you know, space. I was like, space. We're going on no simple road. This is You got to have space. space. So, Mark, man, it's it's been a long time coming. Um you know, since we started doing this thing, you're one of the people we always wanted to talk to, man. And uh, oh wow, yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're dope, man. You, your <laughs> band, what you're doing, bands, what, what? yeah, bands, yeah, bands. <laughs> a lot of bands, yeah, a lot. How many I, bands do you have? Um, well, I, uh, actively right now, really, you would have to consider the Disco Biscuits, clearly. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Star Kitchen is active. That's my funk band that, that I started. We were with just them. listening before you got on. Uh, I mean, isn't real, everything you do funky though? Really talented. Well, and the point of Star Kitchen was is to all of my other bands kind of have that kind of jamtronica, four on the floor beat, you know, drum and bass, all of the different electronic beats that we incorporated into our improvisation in the 90s. And Star Kitchen specifically was started with the intention of playing different beats over improvisation, you know, going back to like more like OG, like classic funk and and soul and, mm-hmm. um, and learning for me, really spending the thousands of hours you know with a group of people learning how to play in that space more comfortably that's that was like kind of the the vibe for me it was I, about four years ago i was like all right now i want to get into 
funk and soul and like not from a like oh we're playing funk now but like fr from like an academic way mm -hmm. like you know to like break down what was happening in in this music that i had never really taken a deep dive into for one reason or another you know what i mean i i went through i got into jazz right. i was into rock like 60s rock i got into jazz in at the end of high school went to jazz school for a little bit studied all through you know bebop and you know everything from pre-bebop into bebop into cool jazz and studied all the way up into like modal jazz and then then um right after modal jazz it got you get sort of you start to study like miles davis like electric projects which are like you know funk based electric based and then um and right when i got up to that i went back to school i was at, at penn linked up with the guys in the biscuits and like just went deep into the jam band world and 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 dedicated myself to that and learning you know it all like everything from getting deep into fish and the grateful dead and the allman brothers and then finding psychedelic trance and okay. seeing a sort of corollary you know between mm -hmm. the way that psychedelic trance parties were and the way that jam band parties were you know treated and then combining them that was like the moment for us was like not combining them initially in the music but combining the two things like you know we would have like the biscuits would play from eight until midnight right at a, at a party and then our our friend who was a psytrance dj would come on at midnight and play until 6 a.m and we were just throwing these parties that went like 10 12 hour long at, in college and it was just like we would do these 10 12 hour parties where we would be working for the first half and then we would be partying for the second half and then just naturally what ended up happening from that is the beats and the rhythms and all of the different kind of loops that the the, the mentality not even like the the actual loops but the mentality of how those the psychedelic trance builds over time and how loops come in and every eight to 16 bars another like sort of element comes in yeah. and things drop out but everything is kind of looped that mentality of of that kind of music we adopted into our improvisation and and started just putting four on the floor beats down and and magner got some synthesizers and we started to try to mimic that that kind of process that electronic djs were were produ or producers rather were producing in the studio but live on these like you know i mean psychedelically fueled journeys i mean we all right. we all went then on a halloween of i think it was 1998 halloween we we got like this gig at a fraternity that was supposed to have like this huge party every year and like it, it was always the biggest party and like like nobody really showed up like 30 people showed up and we were like oh well let's go and we all you know dropped acid and like played for two hours three hours straight over like four on the floor beats and that was like the first moment like it just kind of happened we were like all right here we go Bleep. oh shit oh, <laughs> <laughs> and Off it was and sammy just started playing the beat and aaron had this new keyboard and we just went for it and tried to mimic what we had been hearing it wasn't even that intentional it just 
kind of happens. You take in one kind of music right. and eventually it comes out on the other side. And we, these two worlds collided for the biscuits. That, you know, man, so, and that's the, our kitchen to answer your question. Yeah, yeah. And I'll do this. I'll veer off with little. Do go, it. man. This is all you, <laughs> brother. Answer your, if we're lucky, I'll remember that there was a question. <laughs> <laughs> our kitchen is the one where it's like, okay, let's just go back and fill in that gap of like 19, like 72 to like 1985 or something of, of, of R and B and funk yeah. music, learn it. And then, uh, and then electron would be the other one. And then my DJ project. So four current musical wow. projects that are going, but of course at any one time, conspirator may happen. Brain damage. <laughs> right. I have something called tennis jacket with Jeremy from big gigantic. There's, <laughs> There, you can't and the family enough. you can't have too many ways to to fill in the gaps when you're when you're a gig worker no no uh -huh. you can't i that's, love i yeah, love your little tiny way. tiny coffee cup it's really small <laughs> in comparison <laughs> to the world that is you're prepared that's wow. proper man that is proper oh, hell yeah. oh fuck yeah, yeah. that's dope. tree of life all, all kinds of biscuits, biscuits logo low. So, Mark, man, I, I want to go back to something that you said about feeling comfortable. So, yeah. you know, you said you wanted to explore feeling comfortable in that space playing that music. Was it yeah. was it really like an uncomfortable thing going into that, playing that type of, of beat and, and doing that thing? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I felt like, you know, I would listen back to myself playing over that music and I can feel like that I was playing like a little bit straight, like it wasn't swung enough. And there it's it just um, I wonder if yeah, it just took it, it just shit. took time for me to wrap my head around, you know, how to, you know, like how to like really swing in the pocket but like i also like you know like adam deitch from lettuce he said something to me many years ago many many years ago when we first met he was like i always looked at that as like a detriment right like oh i'm not like the most swinging this player that there is right um that's not how i play and that's a bad thing right oh. like that's kind of how i thought of it for some reason then one day i was we were at camp bisco biscuits festival and Adam Deitch was there. I didn't know him that well then. I, we've become really close over the years. But he 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 walks up to me and he goes, yo, man, I love the way you play bass, man. We got to get together and play sometime. And I was like, really? And he goes, he said this. He's like, yeah, it's not like so it's so straight. It's not so swung. And it's like all these cats are trying to like, who can be the swinginest? You know, like it's like everything is like a, a contest to see who can be the swinginest. <laughs> and like you're just like playing it straight right in the groove. I love it. He's like, I want to play. I want to play like that. And we have played together a lot over the years. He always every time we play together, he's the most complimentary. He's so like uh, as a musician, I've learned a lot from Adam Deitch because he doesn't he's he he doesn't have judgment the way a lot of people have he doesn't judge anybody he, in in a negative way like everybody's just on some sort of path he's like just listening to what's happening path or you're really far along on the path but you're not like bad or good you're just on the path and that that's like a, a helpful way to frame 
how where people are at in terms of their own abilities and what their sound is like and so and we'll talk more about judgmental because i learned a, a lot about being judgmental in music from when when we played with billy kreutzman um and mickey hart kreutzman has a lot to say about and the grateful dead and how they handle being on stage in an improvisational setting and having to judge what's happening around them or not judge right. and you know, how that affects the music. Are you judging it or are you just experiencing it, being in it and letting it happen? Like, you know, uh, right. Reacting. How, how close are those two things though? Yeah. The judgment versus when you're in the pocket or you're in, you're in it. Like when, do you feel a dramatic difference? You can't be in it if mm. you're judging. That's the theory. Oh, okay. Right. You can't mm -hmm. you can't right. let it all you let yourself go and get into the music when you're Thinking. judging something or somebody else or or why you don't like what somebody's playing or whatever, you know. But um yeah, you know, for for to back to your question, like the the answer is yes, I felt uncomfortable and that it was just more than anything else, my path hadn't taken me that deeply right. into that style of music and so i hadn't ever had a chance to really get comfortable playing over beats at like you know between like 70 and 100 beats per minute versus where the biscuits play at like 120 to like 170 right it's mm -hmm. it's like the difference between being in like a soft rock band or being in the ramones right <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and it really is and like and the biscuits do are really in a lot of ways like a punk rock band um How not so? only i could do i could feel that you guys are non-stop it's like go 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 different yeah. kind of beat but same kind of forward energy. moving energy yeah and 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 looseness you know what i mean in like the way that we because we're going like with a lot of energies and oftentimes at, at high tempos and with a kind of a loose attitude you know kind of like the ramones or like mm -hmm. the grateful dead where it's not it doesn't have to everything doesn't have to always be the tightest well that's, that's where you're going to find the beauty is when when it's not scripted and you're you're off the cliff that's when magic happens if i mean that's the whole thing right it's there's two there's two qualifications to being a, a a jam band like you know what i mean the qualifications are you have to sound like yourself <laughs> and you have to i didn't make these rules by the way the grateful dead made them okay but but, but we're just following them you have to sound like yourself and you have to be willing to when it you get to the part of the song where it's improvisation you have to be willing to step off the cliff and, and eat shit there really are not that many examples of bands that actually step off the cliff when they get to the cliff. There's a lot of jam bands. I saw it says somebody on Twitter talking about it yesterday, like how a lot of jam bands don't actually jump off the cliff, you know, and, and, and so then are they really even jam bands? You know, I mean, I've talked to the, the dead guys about this. You know, Phil was the first one who kind of hit me to the concept that if you sound like the grateful dead you're nothing like the grateful dead yeah. right yeah yeah 
Dang. Like, because they were feeling it. And now what you're doing is trying to re- like repeat it. Yeah, you're not being yourself. <laughs> That's most important. It, right. They were that. They said it sounded they sounded like them. Yeah. Yeah. Sound like you. Uh, he, he Phil said that we were at the Greek theater. Op- we opened for Phil and friends at the Greek theater. And he, he said after the show is one of the great compliments that I've ever received in my life, you know, was that he, he said that he felt like the biscuits were one of the few jam bands that fit in that, in the, with the qualifications oh, wow. of you have to sound like yourself and you have to cl- step off the cliff, you know, like wow. he was, he, he was the one who told me the rules. Like, and I was like, Oh, that makes sense. That's like such a wise moment. Like you can't sound like, the band you know i mean at first it was hard because the biscuits sound like the biscuits we have the both of those qualifications in that way but in sounding like yourself sometimes you don't trust it because oh dude because it doesn't sound like anything else there's no frame of reference (laughs) for it's good or not you know dude uh, mark but uh, this this applies to everything though right what you're talking about applies to podcasting i can't i'm not fucking joe rogan I can't do Rogan's show. You know what I mean? But I can do this. I can sound like us, you know, and there is no framework for it. And that thing that there's that nagging fucking voice in the back of your head that like, because there is no framework for it and you have stepped off the cliff tells you that you're full of shit or what you're doing isn't worth it. And do you, do you ever, do you experience that still with the success that you've had this far? Like, do you still hear that voice? Oh, I'm an I'm a complete fraud. <laughs> All right, cool. Right on, man. Me too. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. There's no. You know, I like. <laughs> I was studying with Otiel this this year, right? And and you know, I I started this company on the first week of of um, pandemic called Lively. It's at it's it's the website is golive.ly and um. It's uh, about uh, just under 200 creators of different, you know, disciplines teaching uh, online and also meeting and greeting and, you know, like chilling, mm-hmm. hanging, like doing shows. Al from Mo is, is, does, real, does a lot of like these private interactive shows. He's done like almost 40 of them on, on our site. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's like... Um, I forgot where we were. You were talking about lively. lively. Yeah, no, I was. But how did we get there? I don't, fuck, I don't know. We we were driving, <laughs> and, and then we got a flat off, tire, and then <laughs> Dang, we were so far with you that yeah, we went off. I went with you, man. We were just riding <laughs> in the car, and off we All went. Right, we'll get it back. We'll get it back. No, All right, it's cool. yeah, lively, yeah, fine. We're later. talking about being. We're talking about being teal. A so, yeah, you, you were. So, I've done these. I, I'm like using the site as well as like both. I use it as a teacher and I use it as a student, right? So um, I'm taking lessons with O'Teal, who does stuff on the site. Yeah. And learning from him, like I realized, like first of all, how first I've I've learned how much I do know, but then I also see how much I don't know. And then also he'll call me up and be like, "Oh, I just learned this new thing. I got to show you." And it's like refreshing to see somebody who's like into it, your hero, right? Talking yeah. about how much he's learning in real time. He's like, "Man, I'm taking these lessons from Tom Guarna. I had a breakthrough. Like he's told me about three or four different breakthroughs this year, you know." Wow. And it's like, wow. that's like O'Teal. And then you know, there's other guys. 
you'd be surprised like working with all of these different musicians right. how many musicians i've reached out to at the beginning of quarantine it was like hey if you want to you know no hard pitch like i don't feel i don't love like hard pitching my network of friends and everything but like i'll be like if we're here for you if you want to come and be on this website and maybe teach or do some meet and greets and a couple of like really high profile musicians like high end like guys who play in arena bands and stadium bands were like mm, maybe in a couple months like let's see how this all plays out hit me back up and then i'll circle back around in a couple months and be like hey you know you want to come on the website i had a couple guys that i was surprised like they're my heroes right they were like i just don't know if i have enough to teach like i don't know if i know enough about music and i'm Whoa. like you're my hero you're my driving light my like north <laughs> star of like of, like of why i work so hard to try to get better Damn. like and it's just the point is is that people at every level suffer from imposter complex you know yeah, what i mean right. people at all every throughout level. it's just like this like this like debilitating like human trait like of like resistance like you know it, that's in you that you have to like overcome in order to be successful you know it's like this innate thing that's trying to hold you back that you have to uh, like learn about it meet it acknowledge it and then overcome it you know in order to to do anything because you know that you like i got a piano right over here like nobody like before you know how to play it, you don't know how to play it right. and then you have to have one hand and your set your other hand can work independently like there's a moment where you're going to be like there's no way to get past this or yes. you do or you, or keep, you just doing keep doing it, it and eventually it does happen because you know obviously you can see that it's possible right but there's a moment where these things feel impossible like the resistance within it makes makes tasks seem you know uh, impossible to achieve and then it's like how how do you overcome that moment and then does it ever go away like it's like you the music is this weird thing where it's infinite you can never stop learning like even if you have perfect pitch and, and you know you there's still more things to discover along the way new new technologies come out new yes. kinds of music get invented right. and then if you're if you haven't ever done that there's a new thing to learn even if you're a master it's like hey play over this kind of music you know listen to these harmonies that are being used in all of these different cultures around the world and that's why you see so many of the guys who like back in the 60s would like travel to india the mm -hmm. rock guys and jazz guys travel to india and like immerse themselves in indian music and then you know come back and make you know sergeant peppers right like, or, yeah. you know, or like or in the like you know impressions or john coltrane did the same thing the beatles and coltrane both famous for going to india and then having that music kind of overwhelms their the thing yeah it, musical so mark how do you like go beyond that part you know what i mean like how do you go beyond the part where it's like okay i feel like i'm playing i don't know if i'm gonna be a play with my other hand to make you keep going you know what i mean because you're like fuck i i don't know this what is something that you personally do that gets you to the other side or that keeps you going well i think you just like get addicted to it like that's like if if it's if it works yeah it's because you can't stop like you mm. just every time you walk past the piano if that's your example you can't yeah. not sit down and start to do it you know what i mean it's like like you an can't, obsession like, for me that's what happens i become addicted to the discipline i like can't oh. stop playing piano i can't stop 
practicing bass. I can't stop writing a song when I, once I start like producing a song or like writing a, a new song, it gets like stuck in your head and you just can't not get it to where it's done. You know, it's like, that's just like your mission in life yeah. is to do that. Yeah. Is that, is that that's thing, dope. is that drive, that record that plays over and over in your head, is that the muse? Yeah. Well, it's funny with the muse. Have you ever read the book, the um, war of art by Stephen Pressfield? No. So it's this, it's listen, I read like one book every four years. So I don't want to say, <laughs> like, oh, wow. He's so intelligent. Yeah, he's Mark, cool. he's so oh, well read. Like, wow, he knows a book. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know what a book. This is my only book. Okay. Yeah. But I, I did read all of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It took me like six years, but I did it. I finished <laughs> you're, it. You're like, still reading wow. it. <laughs> so good. So, so, so good. So. In the War of Art, the guy, you know, he's he's talking to this like Pulitzer Prize winning author, and, and he said the question is um, about inspiration, and it's like, you know, do you wait for? In, they're talking. The whole book is about writer's block, and it's like, do you, do you wait for inspiration to strike, or you know, do you like, or do you try without inspiration? Like, what's your method for overcoming writer's block? Do you just sit around until like the moment hits and goes? And the answer was, and I wish I knew who said it, but at any rate, this is what he said. He mm -hmm. said, oh, no, I wait for inspiration to strike. Luckily for me, it strikes sharply at 9 a.m. every morning. Oh, right. Shit. And so and, and, and the point being there, you don't the muse will meet you if you meet them like the muse will be there if you sit down to do the work but if you're waiting for like some kind of like you know revelation or you know epiphany that's going to suddenly like pour through you and you're going to go and 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 write the thing the magnum opus a screenplay or a, a song or a poem or a book or or a painting or whatever it is it's it's more about sit down do the work write the thing and just like expect that you need to write 20 of those things for one of them to be really, really great. And if you take that attitude, you will continuously get better at your craft as you do it. And it doesn't matter what songs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven are like, right. because when you get to song 75 and it's brilliant, that's all anybody's going to really care about. But you're never going to get there if you don't write one to 74. Right. And right. You're never gonna make a brilliant thing if you don't put the hours in. You That's know the ten thousand hours. Put thing. the fucking I've hours seen, in. Yeah, I've seen. Um, I I don't feel like with songwriting isn't my thing really. Like John is a songwriter. You know, Bar Barbara was with you guys, right? Yep. You guys, yeah, we talked yeah. to John. Yes, right. He he he's like a genius songwriter, you know what I mean? And he like really I watched him in college put the hours in and he asked me to start writing songs and I was like, I don't write songs and he, <laughs> and he was the one who taught me all this. He was like, Listen, man, nobody writes songs, right? Sit down, put the chords in order, try to put a melody on top. It's gonna suck, you know, and just go do it. And then as time goes on, it will get better. Actually the song that I, I, I wrote at that point is called right then was called um Eduardo the Penguin. 
It's a terrible, terrible, terrible song. We haven't played it in like 25 years. But the one right after that mm -hmm. is called Rainbow Song. And it's it's on our first album, Encephalous Crime. And to this day, you know, I have friends who are musicians who tell me it's one of their favorite songs that I've ever written. And wow. it was like number two, right? Wow. It was just like, sit down and do it. And I, I went directly from, I don't write songs. This isn't me. You got the wrong guy to making a piece of art that has stood the test of 25 years for a fan base insane, of tens yeah. of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. And, and it was just like a mindset, like from I don't do this to like, oh, wow, I know how to do this. Like, <laughs> I, I, wow. thought, man. you know, I, have you always been like that with everything or was it just music, Mark? Um, have you always been driven like that? That kind of like obsessive it, yeah. thing? Uh-huh. No, no. I was, I kind of just chilled out a lot. I mean, like music, like got, I caught the music bug from being a fan, right? right. Like it was now I, I, I got into music really early. Like it was John Lennon was assassinated and that's when I got like hip to like the power of music. You know I mean? I was seven years old and you turn on the news and there's hundreds of thousands of people at right. strawberry fields across from the Dakota, like uh, up in central park West. And it's like, Whoa, what's this? And then when my mom tried to teach me classical music, like right here on this very piano, she, the, I, I revolted. I was like, I don't want to do this. Well, all I want to do is learn about that. I want to learn the Beatles, that guy, the dude with the people in the street. I think I called him Jack Lemon one day. I was like, Jack Lemon. <laughs> I want to learn about more about this Jack Lemon character, you know, in Strawberry Fields forever. They were like, John Lennon. I'm like, whatever. Give me Funny, the book. Give me the book. Yeah. They gave me this book called Beetle Gold, which is three feet from me. It's still in the piano bench right there. I Dang. still go through and play all these songs. Like, you know, I mean, this is 1980. So you're talking 30, 30, 40, 40 years Whoa. now. And the book's falling apart, to be honest. I need to try to find a replacement of it. But I still do this 40 years later. I sit down, take the book out, play these songs that I learned when I was, you know, seven. So I was into it, but I never got like good at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like. I only feel like I'm ever starting to get good at bass, like almost now. Like I'm like almost starting to get good at music, right? How now, old are you? Like that's where I'm. My head's always at. Like I'm almost there. I'm almost gonna get there. But like I never got good at piano. I'm I'm almost getting good at it right now. I play like songs and sing them and like. Like I, I play this Lobby Sifri song called My Song that I really love. And I play like Jimi Hendrix, Angel on Piano, which is funny because it's like Jimi Hendrix. But it's <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I could sit down and play like an hour long set, play like Waste by Fish and play like a bunch of piano-y songs and sing along with them. And I'm just like almost getting good at that 40 years later. But that's the beauty of music. You know, you never you don't have to there's you know you're not on anyone's timeline and mm -hmm. like you don't like again back to like being the punk rock band yeah i'm a bass player like it, I, you don't have to be victor wooten to make the sum of the parts sound good right i mean is it better if you're victor wooten probably for him he's probably pretty fucking psyched he could do all that stuff <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't have that same technical prowess uh you know nor does you know roger waters or paul mccartney you, you, you not that i'm in that class a bass player those guys are masters of what they do i just know i'm noticing that with music it's more about 
the sum of the parts and what that energy makes does it connect or does it not connect that's the that's the great equalizer right there is the energy man you know like at least from a fan's perspective there's shows that i've gone to and yeah it was cool i saw a show right on and then there's shows that i've gone to that fucking completely changed the rest of my life you know what i mean and that's where the energy comes in that's the thing and it and it wasn't about the guy's chops it wasn't about how fucking badass of a bass player they were or guitar. It was the energy and the thing that happened that f- got me. It was about the energy. And I've seen great chops, you know what I mean? Oh, I've yeah, seen of course. Dick Korea, you know, play shows and, 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 and Tito Puente shows, Dizzy Gillespie, and some of the sickest shit you've ever seen in your right. life. But the energy was there, you know, Paco De Lucha, like you got, like, is, is, Paco DeLuce is unbelievable, right? You know, but it's like part, but also the energy's there. It's like, you know, they don't, it, it has, it's sometimes the over technical playing can have the opposite effect that you're hoping for, you know, in terms of connect, connecting with the audience. Um, but, you know, obviously in those, those things that there's so much music that's transcended that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, at least for me, man, like when I go out to a show, I'm 99% of the time I'm looking for that feeling. That's, that's the reason that we started doing this. That's like the whole thing was that feeling and, and being in that flow and, you know, man, to take it back to where we're at right now, like 2020 was a motherfucker, man. Like, having that thing taken away and not having it around really made me and everybody here realize that we took it for granted on a lot of levels and that it was always going to be around. It's a given. Yeah. Fuck it. It's here. You know, Oh, there's a show on Tuesday night. I'm tired. I'm not going to go. That's not going to fucking happen anymore. If there's a show on Tuesday night, I'm going, you know, (laughs) and, and, uh, people, I hope everyone feels that way because (laughs) It used to be like that, that, that way, like back in the day, like it didn't matter Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, like if your band came through town, you go see them. But over the last couple of years, I feel like that changed, like, and bands reacted like, oh, there's so many bands out there. Mm -hmm. And I think many bands started like kind of just like Thursday, Friday, Saturday or Friday, Mm -hmm. Saturday, Sunday, because it's. You know, it's hard to hit those middle B and C markets on a, you know, Monday, Tuesday. You know, I mean, not every band has has what it takes to 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 just go out and do like those old school tours, 51, 65, you know, 70 shows just all around the whole yeah. country, five, six days a week, day off, you know, five more days, two days off. Um, you don't see that as much anymore. Mm-mm. No, but and the old model, the old model of touring, you just don't see it, you know. Like we, we did it for a lot of years. Um, we like we'll fly in and play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now most of the time, we just at the beginning of 2020 had our first, like we were about to hit our first tour where we were going to start filling in some of those gaps and like traveling through the country. Mm-hmm. And then obviously COVID hit and now we're just in kind of that weird flux, like waiting for things to get back to normal and adapting to the, I got to tell you the, the adaptation is pretty, 
sick you know and it brings I wanted back to ask like you what about the important you know what i mean is it like being like sweaty and like packed up against somebody else that you don't know the important part of the show or is it like the band executing like really high level and like you know i see these pod shows hmm. and i'm like this to me looks ideal like really you, you know, like uh, yeah yeah because listen i come from a group of friends we go to like fish shows right and we're looking for like a platform that's not packed like the rest of the arena to like dance yeah, room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, room. And like maybe like we find like this little area that like was like held by some corporation and we like one of the cool security guards lets us in and it becomes the best night we've ever had because we've got this like 10 foot by 10 foot platform and nobody's in it but me and my seven friends and we're dancing like crazy right the energy <laughs> of the st- of the arena is still there great but ultimately like what are all the people who are dancing in like the in, in like the concourse level like out of the hallways mm-hmm, like at yeah. a dead show or at a fish show doing there they're like going to get look, that they're space. like spinning around in the space they they're finding space at they're they're giving up seeing the show and hearing it in high fidelity yes. in order to have that extra space so like wow. putting like you know, 500 platforms that hold four to six people that have a little like table and like bar service and food service. There's an app and like you get the food or the drink brought to you in like 30 seconds. It's crazy. No no, it's like a, and then you're like have your own platform that nobody that you don't know is in. There's no like weird, creepy guy trying to. Like, <laughs> there's no like there's no like guy who's like trying to dance really hard and get elbowing you making you uncomfortable with his elbows and then if you want to be that guy you (laughs) can do that but there's nobody there to bother it's actually quite great it's kind of what we believe all you're nailing it there because it's kind of what we we've had so many shows where i mean it's fun to get sweaty but then we end up moving to the back, like, okay, this is fun on floor. Let's go way up there to the back where there's space. Cause I just elbowed this chick and spilt her beer. This guy's this guy over here. Yeah. And this guy's being creepy and creeping up on, you know, us. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're kind of getting what we asked for in a way. And, but I, you're right in front and the band's right there. It's like, you know, yeah. it's different. I give you that it's different. And I pro- and I admit that we probably would have never done this had we not gotten into a situation where we need to be distanced away from people because right. there's all kinds of logistical issues and like costs associated. It limits yeah. ticket sales too. You need much more. Well, the t- we're selling about the same amount of tickets. It's okay. just we're using a much bigger space. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, we're going okay. into so it costs more to do the show then. We're playing, you know, this the show that sold out in in New Haven. It's like twenty five hundred people or something, but it's in a ten thousand person tennis stadium, and it's people are like peppered all around the stadium, and and you know, it's you're just using bigger spaces, which cost more. You know, it's yeah. a different, it, 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 it's a different economy for sure. I'm just noticing that from the like, you know, my mom was there in Orlando, and she Whoa. was like, "I love having a platform where nobody's Aww. bumping to me," and I was like. <laughs> It's pretty awesome, right? Right. The other fans do commenting about it, but for us on stage, that's like, what we're I in know. in ears, and we're our stage is spread out already. I'm eight feet away from each guy, right? Each right. each of us is eight feet away from the other one. It's always the same, 
And so it's the same setup as it's always been. And so for us on stage, things are normal and we can perform a normal show and, and, you know, we can hear each other sometimes better um, than in the regular setup. And, and so I, I don't know. I just, I just think if you're able to, as the, as the performer perform at a really high level, you know, and put out a product that you're really happy with, you know, then the format of it is just like, we're like, you're imagining a regular concert format from scratch. Anyway, this stuff is all just being imagined. Like, you know, that we're reimagining what, a what, a mm-hmm. what a concert, what it looks, looks like, like yeah. to go to a concert. Something it could look like as long as the music you can feel and it's loud enough and clear enough. And it, I don't know. I got to go out. I got to go to one of these and, you know, eat the dog food as they say figure out what it's like being in the crowd at a, at a pod yeah. show yeah there. well we got our we got our first one coming up we're going back to what we we're talking about tuesday shows uh up here we're in we're in portland oregon and where they have northwest string summit is 20 minutes down the road from us they're doing the drive this will be our first like show it's drive-in shows out in a field to go see green sky bluegrass and oh, then great. yonder, yonder the other. and the, the first the, first thing we did we weren't even paying attention we looked at it we're like we're like that's gonna be a killer weekend then we looked at the dates they're both on tuesday wednesday nights and we immediately looked at each other and we're like well fuck it looks like i'm taking it looks off. like yeah it looks like we're you know it looks like nothing else matters but that tuesday wednesday night show and we'll deal with that but we get to go experience it and i'm looking forward to being able to dance to bluegrass in our own little spot next to our car and you're going to feel it. There's going to be, you know, a whole full field full of people. We can't commingle, but it's live music. You're going to feel it. I, I want to, I'm interested. Email me after it's over and let me know how, what it was. Absolutely. Like. I want to know what it was like. I want to know, you know, I mean, I guess our fans can tell me too. Like if you're listening to this and you're one of uh, my fans, like hit me up on Twitter and tell me what, what it's is. really like. Do you miss being crushed in at the front you know is it like uh, you know, is there they're... some sort of combination we can reimagine with a pit and yeah and... well you yes. guys you guys have some drive-in shows planned coming up in the near future don't you or we have shows at all different kinds of venues yeah we have drive-in we have this tennis stadium we have amphitheater stuff we have like a, a, a major league baseball sta- a minor league baseball stadium that hasn't quite been announced yet but okay. is, is gonna happen okay. i i hope and so we're doing a whole slew of different you know big places with some sort of limited capacity over if, the next if you, you could know, pick uh, if if you were me and you've never been to a biscuits show yeah and you could pick one of the shows coming up to go to which place would you go <sighs> What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. It's a great question. When is this going to air? Uh, ooh, that's a good in, question. In probably like three to four weeks. Okay. Um, but I'm asking for I, me. I'm me and Mel are thinking about going flying down for to real. see you. Like probably Red Rocks is the one that I would say is the coolest mm-hmm. experience. You know, okay. not 
not announced now, but will be announced today when by the time that I'm saying this to you here yeah. in, in real time. <laughs> The Time Vortex yeah. podcast. Well, you're in space, so Dude, time is different. It's in so space. weird, like especially when we do these, and he said like three to four weeks, so that'll be a month from now. A whole shit ton of things will happen in that the month. The world will be completely different. Exactly. and But somehow what I've been finding is that it's just as relevant or more relevant a month from now than it is right now. It's the weirdest shit. Right, right. And it, But it does move very fast. Yes, There's no does. telling where we're going to be when right now. Well, no. while the being heard no man and there's no telling where we are that's for real and trying to even stay (laughs) in the moment right now is a fucking weird thing like it's been weird it's been really really weird i i had a friend over last night and i did this dj say i was like you know you may as well come over i have two vaccines but i've had covid as well so i i'm fully you got the full monty you're good to go yeah i have a, a, a strong immune response going on right now and i and she just got her second vaccination and we've been hanging out anyway i was like why don't you come over like since we hang out now why don't you come over during my dj set you i'm djing to the internet mm-hmm. but like it'd be cool to have like someone hanging and dancing in the room you know my family comes in and out but like you know come on over and uh she came over it was really fun like it's 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 right it's, on you, you a, doing a little know. performance is great well this might sidetrack but i've been wanting wanting to ask so that this is a question for you because aaron did this to we noticed too that you did during this covid thing do you is this did you pick up baking during this because you see you baking your breads and everything. Because Aaron started baking during COVID and it's become an outlet and a hobby. We all pitched in, bought him the KitchenAid, you know, pro mixer and everything back for his birthday last year. And the mixer's great, huh? Dude, this is so dope. It <laughs> and, makes things so much easier. And there's just, we've learned watching Aaron and his, his, what he calls failures, which we just love, you know, whatever. There's such a discipline involved in baking. And I, that's why I'm curious. Has this come about over the last year? Or have you always been into baking? So I became for a period of from August, like fifth till New Year's. I went on a vegan diet temporarily, okay. temporarily. I just wanted to kind of familiarize myself with the concept and give myself a break from eating, you know, animal products. And, uh, I didn't know how long I was going to do it for, but it was just kind of an experiment. Let me right. do this. So while I was doing that, I was looking, my family, we celebrate Shabbat, you know, it's Friday nights, we come together, we eat the challah, but the challah is all made with egg. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I started to try to figure out how to make a vegan version of the challah, which was actually quite difficult to, to make a good one. But it's funny when you're trying, you're talking about the discipline, First of all, I don't love to like eat that much bread, right? You know, I just I like I eat some, but I it does make me feel different when I eat a lot of bread mm-hmm. versus eating no bread or just a very little bit of it. You know, it's right. it's kind of just makes me feel different. You know, I can't like consume a ton of bread. But in order to become good at something, you need to do it over and over again. And when you like start out making bread and it's like the first time you do it, you make so many mistakes. Yep. I made so many mistakes the first time. But as I made them, I knew I was making mistakes and I was like, oh, I screwed that up. I can't wait to do this again so I can do it right the way. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like if I'm only baking bread on Fridays for my family for this, like so I can have like a vegan option at like the one time a week that I eat bread, um, 
I'm never going to get good at it. It was like, you know, it was like, oh, I'll never get good with this. So like I had a couple of weeks where I was like, all right, I got to try again right away. Like made a couple batches in one day or like tried again the next day just to like hammer out one like aspect of it. Ultimately, I found this vegan milk bread, Japanese Hokkaido bread. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's like ro- you you take the the dough, you make the dough, you it. it, it um, rises, you do it again, it rise, you know, hit it down, rises again, and then you take it and make it out into like a pizza dough. It, it's so great. It feels so good on your hands when mm-hmm. you're like pushing the bread out and like a good pizza dough feels so good on your hands. And I'm pushing it out and you slice it up into these slices and then roll them into a roll and put I them showed in this, you this pan the other day. And they, like rise again and then, you know, proof it or steam it, you know, steam and proof. You, you proof and steam. So I, I, I'm steaming the thing and proofing the thing. And on like my fourth week, I get this just amazing Perfect. vegan used oat milk, which is kind of creamy. Mm-hmm. Um, this fluffy, incredible bread that my family devoured. What? Devoured. And it became like a thing. Like every week I made a round version. I made like, you know, and every week for like, I don't know, eight or 12 weeks, I made this, this, Hokkaido bread where people were really really into it and then um I fell off of it's just it is really a lot of work it's it a lot of Friday I, I had some other things a lesson and a lively meeting that was on, on front got moved to Fridays and it became difficult for me to do that and then I wasn't vegan anymore, so I didn't have like the actual like the necessity Fuck it, I'll put it bread, right yeah. and so um but I love doing it. So, and Lively has these like cooking classes. Uh, we we, okay. we have a, mm-hmm. a dozen or so chefs on the site that are doing cooking classes. It does really quite well. Like a lot of people are signing up for these cooking classes more than I could have telegraphed. I didn't know. I When I started this like music lesson business, I didn't know we were going to have chefs or like athletes or like I just some kind of on a surfboard and it caught a wave and I'm just like riding it as Ride far as the wave shit, goes yeah. and whatever, like along the way we're trying different things out, but our team, we have eight people who work at the company and our team t- took a cooking lesson as a team building exercise. Like, you know, one, like they were like, okay, team cooking lesson. It was so fun. We made a savory tart, like a tomato tart with, it, it was so such a fun morning. And I'm just like realized like more and more like I really, really love I've, I know I love cooking, but like I love doing it with somebody like who's like now this is the next step. And like, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. so like, fucking fun like a, having a professional chef on hand. Like I make pretty good food. My, my friends and family like really do love the food that I cook, but, but I'm not great at baking. So having this woman who's a, a professional baker, Jess Rorden, Reardon from Blondie's Bake Shop, it's in Centerport in, in New York, she, we did this thing with her. And while we were on it, we had this idea, like maybe, you know, I've been trying to figure out how to make challah. And she was like, oh, let's do a, a thing. And I was like, well, let's do it on Lively, invite Biscuit fans in and like have like a, a, a baking class. So you did Rugula too, right? It was it's like the most wholesome thing that I've ever participated in. I mean, did you make yeah. disco biscuits or what? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. That was the original idea. Like the original idea was like, we'll make some disco biscuits. So today on Instagram, I put it up. I was like, next 
uh, next, what are we baking next? You know, biscuits or yeah. brownies? <laughs> Got to be one or the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I can't Brownie believe you didn't biscuits. do brownies, man. But, well, you know. I, we'll work through the. We're going to work through all of this stuff. You know, we're going to take pick the low hanging fruit and work through all of the different, you know, obvious choices. You know, I got to hand it to you, man. I really you, you, love you baking. Really... It, is, it is you. It, it is a discipline, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's not, and you do fail. Fuck but yeah. like, you know, if you like, if you're an entrepreneur, or like start businesses or start organizations or start bands, like you know, like if you're not prepared to fail. Right. If like you're going to stop because you failed rather than be like, ah, I just failed. Now I want to immediately do it again and not like every time you fail for me, like every time I fail at something, I'm like, I want to do this again the right way. Dude, you really fucking blow me away, man, because, you know, we got handed a shit sandwich and you really managed to turn it into something rad. And. Like you said, you know, I'm just on a surfboard. I'm just riding the fucking wave. Well, yeah, but you had to have the the balls to get on the surfboard in the first place. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's the thing I think that you would like. That's the thing about failing that I'm talking about. Like right. you're like. I have a long list of businesses I want to start. Like, you know, on my like iPad, like, I mean, no iPad notes or whatever. Every time I have a stupid idea, I write it down. Right. But like, how many of them are you going to do? Right. Everybody has like a lot of ideas Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's like, um, I had an idea when I was a kid, like I thought it would be cool if like the toilet, like the toilet seat was like you stepped on a pedal, like the trash can lid. Like the trash can lid yeah. and you hydraulic toilet. Dude, that's fucking that genius. I know. So if when I had that idea in 1982, had I patented it, then I would not have to be in a band because it is a thing now. Oh, okay. That's that it was patented in the 90s. 10 years after I was telling everybody like, you know what we need need to be hydraulic. I also thought like they should like curve it out on the end so that there was a tab to pick up on. So you didn't have to touch the the seat, touch the piss seat. And that's in a million toilet seats now too. Like I could have been the toilet seat king. (laughs) It's the toilet king. (laughs) From the disco biscuits to the toilet. (laughs) That's like one of, that's like one of like three or four examples of like, like things that I imagined when I was young, but didn't know how to patent ideas. And like, as I've gotten older, like I look back at those moments where I was like, Oh, I had this really great idea that could have, um, I, I had one a couple of years ago that is now on the iPhone, just like a, uh, um, a panic button, you hit the button on the iPhone five times and it calls. Yeah, I know I've done that on uh, Apple's done that on accident. Uh, yeah, we were I partying have a- one time. <laughs> I pitched that idea five years ago to Thanks some a lot. people in tech. I was pitching it as a as a tech as an app and called Panic. I was like, I have an app idea. I was pitching all my friends in tech, and they were like, That's actually a great idea. It's going to happen, but because of like regulations and nine one one, it's going to have to. It's just going to eventually be a feature on Apple. Like uh. Apple will make it a feature, but um, but like you know, you have to. If what having an idea is one thing, but doing it is another. Like headcount mm-hmm. is a great example. Like you know, we did it. You <laughs> really <laughs> fucking yeah. did it, man. I mean, we did it. Like we, that, we that, just, that thing is every fucking where. 
I see it every time I go on Instagram. Anytime I go on Twitter, you guys are there. Well, can you talk about headcount for everybody who doesn't know what headcount is? Yeah, for sure. Uh, headcount is um, it's it's really now become the preeminent voter registration organization and in, in, in the music scene and beyond. Um, oh, uh, over the last we started in 2004, so now it's 17 years and um, it's been, you know, a lot of work by a lot of people, a lot of volunteers, tens of thousands of volunteers, Dang. you know, a, a great mm-hmm. staff in New York on the on the shoulders of an executive director who was my co-founder, Andy Bernstein, who who has really, really, really taken it, like with any startup, you know, or charity band business it's only going to succeed if there's one person that takes the whole entire thing and makes it their entire existence. Right. You know, that's it, it, things splitting time between things, you know, is, is a recipe for failure. You know, you have to just commit to the whole entire thing. And if, if like you want to find, if you want to have an idea, you have succeed and you can't do that. You have to have somebody who is that person, right? Like, like, um, I have a CEO at, at, at Lively, Alicia Carlin, who's brilliant from a, you know, she's from AG, a VP of global touring and talent. And it's like the teamwork between me having an idea and bringing it to somebody, or in the case of a headcount, Andy had the idea and brought it to me. And then we started it together, just the two of us. And, and, you know, quickly call Al Schneer from Mo, who is also ironically, one of the first people I called when we started lively, you know, he's Mm -hmm. been instrumental. I wrote this on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. Al has been instrumental in the growth of everything I've ever been involved with. That's Al shout out. Well, I mean, that's, that's part of the thing too, man. I mean, you can have the ideas and you can also devote your time, talent, creativity, will, and energy to the thing, but you've got to have people in your corner that love you and support you and will tell you when you're being an asshole and they'll tell you when your ideas are bad. Yeah. And guess what? I hope your ideas are bad because you need to have a bunch of bad ideas to have a good idea. Like, you know what I mean? Like some of the best ideas come, you know, like 45 minutes in after 10 bad ideas got thrown out. Right. And, and, and if you're afraid to throw out the bad idea, you know, you're not going to ever have the good idea. You know what trips me out, man, is like, I think back to myself at 18 years old and, and, you know, going to shows and and doing all the shit I did, touring with the dead and seeing these older cats, like making stuff happen. And like, they were in successful bands. They, they also had businesses and they were almost like, godlike status in my mind at the time and now i'm like approaching 50 this year and i'm realizing that like the people that i've surrounded myself with are those people now do you get where i'm coming from like 100 percent. and i'm it's fucking trips me out man i'm like i know wow, i got a seat at this fucking table and like i'm in this thing too like it's a trip. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I, I really do know what you mean. It's like I, I've, you know, have that same feeling. Like I've had this like kind of like, you know, really fortunate like run working with some of the best like creative people, you know, in, in the country, you know, some some of them really, really well known some not so well known, but like really, really, really good. Right. And, you know, and then like, you know, bringing it back to like head count. If you look at like, we're talking about the bands that are involved or the, we'll talk about the volunteers and Andy and everything, but the board of directors, you know, is like, it, it's look it up sometimes. Just go to headcount.org board of directors and look at the people who are like, you know, getting on the meetings and helping really drive the success, bringing people like, you know, Ariana Grande on board for us or bringing people like, you know, Billie Eilish on board and just helping take this thing and scale it, you know, right. from, from Pete Shapiro, you know, being the, the, the current, the previous, previously Andy and I were co-chairs of the board of directors for the last like 15 years. And then about a year and a half ago, Pete Shapiro took over, uh, that honor and it was really it's an honor it's one of the great honors that of my life that i was you know and was able to chair the board of headcount for 15 years uh, alongside andy um when pete comes along and and is just you know he's a just a force to be reckoned he's a force with, of know, the nature dude. when it comes to like that networking and just kind of convincing people to get on board with him he's just so positive and um convincing and just like you know you want to be you just want to believe everything he says and then you go for it and it's like all oh, it's all he's right the whole time and no matter how crazy it sounds like we're gonna bring the grateful dead back and trade <laughs> we're gonna sell out three nights at soldier field like you're how right crazy that fucking sound at first you know what i mean i'm sure to the first person that that idea got pitched to you know right. what i mean and it's like here we can look back at you know gd50 is like wow Holy you know shit he was right he pulled that off and right? he started and a so thing one like there's just like pete and don strasberg and you know andy gadiel and nadia pressure and and there's like kind of like there's these like people from dc political people like you know jesse tolkien diane blagman and we we've had Alyssa master monaco who was the deputy chief of staff for obama's white house was holy shit for for uh for the last like seven years and it's just like it's really some of the most brilliant people out there you know most brilliant successful people and they're you know they come together to just try to help push these causes forward um and i i just feel so honored to you know to be able to sit and and listen to some of the smartest people i've ever met you know have these incredible ideas in real time you know on on, on you know board meetings for our charity it's just it really is a dream the whole account thing is so great to to see something start out with you know me and some friends and bring in al who then brought in bob weir who then brought in dave matthews and that's just how it how quick it goes. tsunami from, happens from me to al to bob to dave and it's like six degrees of separation up the ladder of you know up the, the ladder size of venues and all of a sudden you're reaching you know hundreds of thousands of people with your message 
Damn. Right. It goes from an idea to reaching hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people in, in weeks. Well, and that, that thing causes change to happen in the world that we live in too. Not, not to mention that part of it. I mean, it's no small feat to get anybody to do anything nowadays. You know what I'm saying? And then to have that thing cause change is, is huge, man. That's yeah. I feel yeah. like you live your life like the way the disco biscuits play. are play, yeah. you know, it's just boom, 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 boom. Just do it. Whether it's perfect, not perfect. You just keep going and you just have a lot of really good, positive energy and a lot of it. Hey. And it really comes out in everything that you're doing. So much energy. They I, and my family would say sometimes too much. <laughs> hey, Mark, how's your eye? Oh, it's it's a, it's a thank you for asking. It's a good question. I think that um, like uh, I can't really see anything out of it, but um, but I, I it's we've tried. The doctors have tried and tried and tried all these different things to make it, you know, to fix it, but um, it hasn't recovered the way that we were hoping that it was going to recover. And now it's kind of an in, in flux place where it's like the technology advances at such a rapid pace with this kind of like new medical discoveries with the eye are coming out every couple months. I read articles about them all the time. And so my doctor kind of has me in flux where it's like, we're going to just hold where it's at, not do anything else where they can do some things. There's like some things that can be done. Like there's some scar tissue they could take out. You know, there's different, things that can improve my vision from not being able to see anything to maybe being able to catch a glimpse, mm -hmm. but they just want to wait until it's like technology is there to fix Hook the it red. Up. My red is <clears throat> fucked. So, but there, but I remain optimistic that at some point in the next couple of years, my doctor is going to call me and be like, dude, we got it. Come on in. We're going to, you know, clear two months. We're going to, do a retinal transplant. And you're going to be whatever. a pirate for a little while wearing an eye patch. You know, right, exactly. They, they have eye patches sometimes. <laughs> Some, it, it does kind of fuck you up a little bit, you know. Dude, I, I, like recently patches. I was like, I think I get why people wear eye patches. I'm just starting to get that. I'm not going there. Not, but, <laughs> you know, man, I, I, I read that when it happened and, and like, I feel for you, man, and, and uh, keeping good thoughts. I... Thank you. I, I know I it'll work out it. for you too, man. It's a whole different, like we're all dealing together with like this kind of national, like global mm -hmm. trauma, you know? And then I've been like kind of dealing with this other thing on top of it. You know what I mean? And then, and then I caught COVID. It was a rough year. And you're still yeah. smiling, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah, brother. You know, <laughs> killing yeah, it. Shit. <laughs> I had, I had, uh, you know what? Let's give a plug to backline. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just plug back? Absolutely. And organizations like, you know, I don't want to be overly dramatic, like saved my life, but like they saved my mental health this year because in the pandemic, if you start feeling like you need to talk to somebody, there's nobody to talk to. Everybody's yeah. booked. Like if you yes. wait until like a year in, there's nobody everybody's booked. I went through so many therapists. I was going to try to find somebody. And then I, I got a little discouraged about it and I wasn't feeling great about it. And, um, I was had told some friends, like I'm trying to get a therapist, but like, you know, I, I'm not having luck with it. And, uh, 
then it just hit me. I was like, oh, backline. That's what they're here for. This is they're here for musicians. And like now, like if you're a musician now, like in order to not be down, you've got to have like the cheeriest, most optimistic disposition <laughs> of anybody in the world at this point, a year into what's going on here. Right. I, I have so much empathy for my fellow you know, musicians and like gig workers and like crew members, yeah. especially the crew members, the hardest, because, you yeah, know, man. musicians, we like have things that we could leverage, do shows online, you know, do Facebook shows and put up your Venmo. People, are, you know, there's ways to support musicians. You know, the crew members really had it mm. incredibly hard. Yeah, and they so took it. They took I, it in the I, pants, man. It hit me. I reached out to Backline. And like and then like a day, this is a couple months ago, and like a day they were like, Here's what you're gonna do. Da, 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 da. Had a meeting with somebody from there, and then they just hooked me up with somebody locally here who volunteers their time. Wow. For That's... musicians in need. This is like a person near me that was already budgeting time in their schedule to help musicians in need. And so I'll just say if you're like, you know, in the music industry or whatever and you're feeling like a little down, call backline. Backline.care. It was it was game changer for me. So if you see me smiling now, I don't like I'm feeling pretty good. That's <laughs> rad. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, you know, there's nothing really going on, but a lot of shit has happened this year. Let me go and, you know, just find a therapist and just have somebody outside of the house to talk to. What you said is no bullshit. There's therapists that are out of business because their their life's fucked up now too. And there's therapists that are so booked that you can't get in. Then there's therapists that are like, I can't even take that insurance because we don't get paid. And I, we need to be getting paid. Like there was so many different reasons that I couldn't find a therapist that I just never did. So that's dope that Backline was there for you because I know during this time it has been super hard and challenging to have that as an option and, and you know what if you're feeling down like if you're like i said like as a joke i'd be like if you're not like a little anxious and a little depressed right now i don't trust you like <laughs> yeah I, yes I, I, I like normalize it because like it is normal and mm -hmm. it's not like you know it doesn't like it, it doesn't you don't have you don't have to not get help and like yeah. you know i mean like in like Four, I said to this guy after four weeks, I was like, hey, I want to stick doing this because I'm really enjoying it. And that feels but like it's a really short amount of time to be feeling this different. You know, what I mean, it's like four hours of getting it all out and then you just sort of like feel so much better. And that's like ad, ad, advocating. I'm advocating for, you know, therapy for like therapy, like. I advocate for going to the gym, like go to the gym because you need to like do cardio to work the insides of your body to keep it healthy. And like going to therapy is like going to the gym for your mental health. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like fixing something that's, you don't have to do it to fix something that's broken. Right. And you know who I love, um, Howard Stern mm -hmm. advocates for therapy. He's as in like therapy a like seven times a week. I, normalizes it by like, I listen to Howard Stern and he just talks about it all the time and he normalizes the idea of like talking publicly about going to therapy is like nothing like oh he goes to therapy three times a week it's like Howard Stern one of the most literally most successful guy in media you know right 
Well, this uh, is a time where people are finally talking about like serious shit your health like finances like not having money not having insurance like everybody always wanted to be like i'm good i don't need any money i got a good job like nobody wanted to talk about their problems or be real and now everybody's like you can't even help it yeah (laughs) shit got really real and you couldn't like not talk about it and it's rad that like what you were just talking about as far as like the mental health like it is the equivalent of the gym for your brain when are you ever getting all this shit out? If you're not like somebody who's fortunate to have a lot of people around that just will be willing to listen, you're keeping all that shit weighing you down. So your ideas, your creativity, all that's going to suffer your happiness. So yeah, that's just a rad thing to normalize and get out there. Like go to the fucking gym, go to the fucking therapist, you know, take a class, drink, fail, eat fiber, do, you know, they do the fiber. stuff. <laughs> Howard Stern talks about that too. Metamucil crackers he has. Yep. By the way, the best thing I ever did was start doing like being like, oh, Howard's eating Metamucil crackers. Let me grab some Metamucil crackers. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk yeah, about yeah. taking a shit, man? Yeah, like, I'm just life changing. Fiber is so good for your digestive system, right? So, yeah. <laughs> we're on the prune I train over here. Yeah, we're. we're <laughs> Rocking the prunes. I said, I will say this, like, you know, and I could, as somebody who does have anxiety, I think that I've cured it by switching from sativa to indica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that'll I help a lot. Like, I want to mention this. If anybody out there is like, just like thinks that they have to have sativa because they're, because the public PR campaign about how it's the daytime thing and how Indica <laughs> will couch lock you and make you lazy or tired or whatever. I bi- whatever big sativa is saying out there, <laughs> <laughs> corporate sativa, yeah, because they they did a really good job of like spreading that mm-hmm. so much so that even I would be like, oh, I gotta go sativa. You know, I can't. Why? Can't, why do they, I feel they, so they're sketched out all the time? But I've. Uh, I've been suffering from panic attacks for the last, like, <laughs> since that, since Big Sativa got me. Damn. And I finally um, decided to change that. And uh, I decided to change that and uh, and switch over to Indica. And I've been, honestly, like, since I met, like, it was, like, just only two weeks ago. I was like, you know, maybe I'll try something different here. And wow. <laughs> happy to report that <laughs> my anxiety is cured. Literally Damn. Like cured. Dude. Like, yeah, sativa is not going to help your anxiety. No, thanks. Am I the last person in America to figure this out? I work in the I work in the cannabis industry up here. I I inventory manager for two dispensaries, and it drives me nuts how many people. A lot of like you said, big sativa that cracks me up because it's gotten in people's head, like a placebo effect almost. You tell I see it every day. You I can look at somebody and they come in and say, "I'm looking for this," and you just pick something. You go, "Oh, that's what this is," even if it's not. They believe it and it works. You know, right. a lot of times, and then a lot of people are hooked on this. Say, well, I don't want to go to sleep, and it's like Indica. You're in control of this kind of. No, nope, you're sativa. going down, man. Yeah, yeah. Indica is <laughs> not going to knock you out unless you're already like lazy or you need an app or something. And Indica, that's what I do. Indica, I'm an Indica smoker because I want to be relaxed. I don't want to smoke <laughs> marijuana to be like 
there's other things for that to get all. You know, I'm already and, jacked up just it's automatic. A, like, you know what I mean? Like, I need for to me, downer. what I need is to chill out, not have more panic. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. A big moment when I realized that. And now I'm, I'm like feeling pretty good about that change. Heck yeah. Well, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking time with us and hanging out, Mark. And, and it's so fun. Fuck yeah. Also, also, we forgot to say, dude, happy birthday. Happy birthday. We, happy you just had birthday, another birthday. With Mark. Four, what, 48 what, what? years around the sun now. <laughs> 48 years. Hell Dang. Yeah. Years and you're out. killing it. Just just hanging on by a thread. Just I getting good. I, I feel sometimes like I'm like. Uh, just getting good. <laughs> I'm like. Uh, I'm like a, a water skier that's like fallen but won't let go of the rope. Flopping, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes that's how you I feel. Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, I'll uh, I'll shoot you an email um, if Mel and I decide to do the Red Rocks thing, and uh, maybe we could say hi. That would be great. All right, that would be dope, that, yeah. Mark. Oh my gosh! Thanks for spending time with us on a friggin' random Saturday and <laughs> sharing all your all of it—good, <laughs> bad, ugly, yeah. all everything. It was really fun, high energy, and I really appreciate your vibe on the show. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mel and Aaron and Apple. Thank yeah, you guys. Thank you that. so much. You made our Saturday, yeah, man. man. We're gonna go listen to some biscuits. I'm gonna go check out the cherry blossoms. I'm gonna right listen now. to Sativa, or I'm gonna have some Sativa and get jacked on the disco biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put the biscuits on and go take a six mile run. Hell yeah! Right, right. Take <laughs> it easy, brother. All right, all right. Peace, Mark. That's a cool ass cat right there. Dang, yeah. out oh, the a gate. Cool ass cat. <laughs> he came out the gate. Boom, I was like, like, I just fucking went. Yeah, there was, was no, there was no, was like, there was no wall or anything I wish, there. I wish sometimes that like as, as an interview was playing, there could be another track of my inner monologue happening like quietly in the background Aaron's thoughts as the interview happens well you I can give you a, a journal too babe and you can start writing shit and, down because <laughs> I was like fuck yeah this is gonna be the best fucking interview ever I don't have to say shit I'm just gonna sit back I'm gonna get comfortable <laughs> I say he can certainly take it that is a busy man that's, oh a, that's a man doing a lot of fucking things one of the things I love is when he was talking about you gotta be an asshole with bad ideas <laughs> To come up to not be an asshole and come up with good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> he said that was put it out there. There was a lot in this um, interview that was very inspirational without meaning to be at oh, all. Oh, I don't know about not meaning to be. Well, I mean, it was just like certain things that he was saying in the you know, like in the course of a sentence. It wasn't like you know, stop the presses. It yeah, was just he didn't his... have meaning by it, but it comes through with Absolutely. meaning after he speaks mm -hmm. it. And... Dang. Thanks, it, it, Mark. It, it's funny, man. It's like I I picture me and Apple in his room in Vegas in eighty nine. In nineteen eighty, like what he was talking it, about in eighty just like playing Beatles. Tripping stuff on acid and, listening to Jimi Hendrix and to now. Wanna know more and, about and this Jack a, Lemon guy? We have a successful podcast and like we're doing our thing. And then him, like in college taking doses and playing with his friends and now he's you know chairman of this that the other thing and headcount and disco biscuits and it just trips me out like the arc of life 
and the people that you would never expect that society always poo pooed and like, well, they're burnouts. They're, they're, you know, whatever are the ones running shit now. So Good. in your face, in motherfucker. Your face. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> shit. Don't be talking well, shit. What happened there? Ooh. There's a little, st- little my, my mic has a, a malfunction. Well. Anyway, Mark, anytime, I know Biscuits don't play Portland very often or ever, but if you guys <laughs> come out here, man, you got to come by the house and, and hang out. Yeah. Makes, I, we'll I, say, I was just looking for these because now after talking to him earlier on the porch, I was reading it. Brooklyn Bowl posted like 10 inspirational. Now they make Mark sense. Mark Brownstein. Well, I mean, they made sense before, but this is a person that lives by it. But, you know, and these are kind of ones you heard, but it's like he says, but it's like anything in life. The bigger the risk, the greater the reward. So, like, I mean, this guy after talking to him, he definitely does it. And then where's the other um, the hat? <laughs> no, not the hat one. <laughs> Love the hat. Take that care put the that. hours in. Yeah. Whatever you are, it's nice to have success in it. Is another one. Yeah. Commit to the whole thing. Don't split your time in order to and be here's, successful. And here's the one that definitely is is what he's doing. The best way to learn how to do things is to say yes to the things you don't know how to do. Just dive into it head first and learn it. There is no substitute for real world experience. No, no. You can read about some shit a million times. You could watch YouTube videos of somebody doing some shit a million times. Watching doesn't equate. And and then you're like, I know how to do that. No, you don't motherfucker. You do not know how to do that. Go try. I did that. We bought a, um, a mace, a steel mace to exercise with. And I was watching YouTube videos and I was like, that shit looks easy. I could do that. And I watched a whole bunch and I was like, I'm really good at this. Watch. And I got out there yesterday. I almost fucking broke myself in half. I'm all sore. So, yeah. But you you taught me some stuff in that short time where you almost broke yourself in half. By the time I came home, you were showing me moves. So it was like the second hand going on the piano Mm -hmm. in that short of a time. Practice. practice. Yep. So get addicted to discipline, guys. That was from Mark. He said he gets addicted to discipline. If you want to create shit, you want to have multi- companies you want to have or just one good one yeah get addicted to the discipline that it takes to get you there and this is definitely on the heels of what i'm going through too me too so really sweet and re- really read cool. at least one book every four years yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh he read a book make it the, like, the war that was of hilarious. art that was great mark when you listen what do you take i'm not trying to sound <laughs> like i know but, stuff yeah i've read a book all right well, guys we'll be back next week with more stuff and things we appreciate you hanging out with us and remember you know take care of each other and be nice and smile and don't don't be a dick. Wash your hands. And, Take care and, of yourself. And this is in the words of Mark. The last ones. Here it is. Well, no, it's not going to be the last All ones. Right. I, I got I got to tell you, you a couple other things right, before go. we go. Um, remember to support the No Simple Road family of sponsors. So that would be um, Sunset Lake CBD, uh, Shop, Shop Tour Shop Bus, Tour Grady's Cold Brew Coffee, Define Premium Cannabis, Electric, Electric Fish, Fish Lights. Lights, and Manscaped. Hopefully, Sunset hopefully Lake. I said Sunset Lake. Well, support them again. Double, yeah, yeah double, double support. support. Double support Sunset. And uh, yeah, man. And also make sure you listen to all the other podcasts on Osiris Media because not we are not a lone wolf. We nope. are part of a wolf pack. We are part of a wolf pack. We are actually an Osiris original podcast. Boom. That, that's what we are. So what were you going to say is our last word? I was going to say that up. Mark's last, these are great last words to live by. 
There are moments that seem impossible for everyone. Just remember that. tell you about the April May 2023 issue of Relics magazine features a Dave Matthews band cover story with additional articles and interviews with the National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks Relics. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles now at Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts.